Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. ...would be the impetus to rethink what is the problem, why have we gone wrong. America was built on religious values. And God we trust, our founding fathers of America wanted our children to grow up with God in their lives, with this spiritual life to them. Why did they take prayer out of the public schools? When Ronald Reagan was shot, my Rebbe, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, launched a campaign that the public schools should introduce a moment of silence. And I'm hoping to get legislation to reintroduce that that children, when they start their day, should take a moment of silence to think about themselves and to realize that they are children of God, that they have a soul, that they are created in the image of God to value life and to value more of life than just the materialism, that there is a spiritual dimension to life. I want to conclude that people should realize and recognize that God has given us a blessed country, United States of America, Amazing values, which we are so grateful for. Let's go back to the basics. Let's bring back the religious freedoms that we have. Let's give our children opportunity to have a moment of silence. Let's embrace, let's embrace each other. And I- it's also the colorful reporting from this report where um, Don McGahn says to Reince Priebus, which is the third witness to this incident, the president asked me to do some crazy shit. And I'm sorry to swear, but I think we've got an attorney general lying about what is in the Mueller report around what was one of the most investigated flashpoints in the obstruction investigation. And, and my question again is why? Why did the, pre- the Republicans seem to be relitigating the presidency of Hillary Clinton? Well, what's interesting to me about that is it's, it's not like that's not under control. There's an inspector general that has looked at the conduct of FBI agents Pete Strzok and Lisa Page. Um, I heard Lindsey Graham dropped an F-bomb for Panache mm-hmm. to make the highlight reel of Fox News Prime. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 3rd of May, year of our Lord, 2019. And that's the rabbi from the latest shooting, a Poway. I can't say the word right. Saying we should bring prayers back in church and CNN and invite them back on after that. And MSDNC losing their mind about bar. We have a little bit about the bar here. I'm really kind of sick of Mueller, so I'm not really touching a lot of it. But I thought it would be good to play a little soundbite. Going with our religious theme, we're going to have some anti-Semitism today. It's always there. A violent left will start us. Um, we're going to go into um, a uh, media section we're going to do today and our news and social media nuggets. Uh, our musical guest today, <laughs> like that musical guest, Lisa Loeb. And Allison Krauss, uh, I have a tradition. Whenever we have our first tornado watch, I watch Twister. I know, it seems twisted. If it's a really good one, which with this one wasn't, it was called off, and we have some severe storms, I will watch Into the Storm and Twister because I'm sick like that. Um, anyway, 
So that's our podcast. In the religious theme, uh, teens protest United Methodist Church for the stance on LGBT issue. This I'm only covering because this is pretty interesting. Uh, somehow they were infiltrated. HuffPo covered it. People were there to film it. And during a service, they stood up and said, we are not going to be celebrating something this week or doing a function that they've always done because of the way you treat gay people. That was the uh, stance. And I just thought, well, isn't that interesting? Even church are getting infiltrated by the left and brainwashing our kids. It's pretty sad. Um, You know, I'm not a homophobe. I don't give a fuck if you suck giraffe cock. That's your world. Do what you want. Bible's the Bible. And if you're religious, that that's the Bible. That's why I don't spot a lot of Christianity on here, because I don't live it. It's hypocritical. But I do remember you should not lay with a man and other things about homosexuality. And if we really break it down, as I do all the time here, to stay out of the religious realm, everything on this fucking planet procreates. Everything. It either procreates with itself or it procreates with the opposite sex. So all this, everything's fluid, we can be a girl boy, what, no. That's just not natural. So there is no religion that goes, yeah, everybody be gay and we'll never procreate again. That's just not the way it works. But I think it's cute how the mafia can infiltrate a church for Christ's sake. I mean, come on. See, that's why I don't talk about religion. I just said Christ's sake. Took the Lord's name in vain. Yeah, there you go. So let's get into our violent left. We have a lot of violence on the left. The biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right, up to the right. All punches are not equal morally. I wanted to say something about Trump, though, here, because I was just, I wrote down maybe the, the line that, uh, like last week, um, Biden uh, introduced the video where he brought up Charlottesville. We all saw that. It was very, very well done. And it reminds us that we're losing the soul of America, etc. The next day, I believe, was the next day, Donald Trump defends Charlottesville once again, mm-hmm. says that uh, these people were historians. They were more interested in Robert E. Lee than uh, the fact that they're saying Jews will not replace us. Uh, they were just a bunch of historians. Right. Why don't we just lock up Doris Kearns Goodwin then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then on Saturday in the morning, this assault on the synagogue. Mm-hmm. And then... Saturday afternoon, our hearts are with the victims. So he is, talks out of both sides of his mouth. Mm-hmm. He's provocative. He right. gives dog whistles constantly to these people. And then Kellyanne goes out there and defends him and says, no, no, no. And he's like, yeah. no, no, no. Well, take responsibility for your actions, Mr. President. One you of are the-, the culprit. The, we're also participating and spoke and, and fielded questions at the National Nurses United Town Hall around health care and the VA. Who's talking about it? Um, because there is a myth that all VAs everywhere are broken. Because 
the idea that if we can starve our public systems, we're seeing this with NYCHA, if we can starve them of budgets and make sure that they can't do their job, then we can say the whole system should be thrown away. And, uh, and I'm not going to back down from protecting the VA. I'm not going to back down from saying we should fund it. Because it's not about throwing away the entire system. It's about hiring the 48,000 vacancies that are necessary to give our veterans the medical care that they deserve. And that also goes to, that also goes to how we imagine and talk about our district. New York 14, our community, contains and is home to one of the largest concentrations of veterans in New York City. And so when we talk about our veterans' communities, we also need to be talking about Bronx and Queens vets too. And, uh, and so it was an extremely animated and emotional town hall, and it's one I'm very proud of. And- that was uh, Joy Behar blaming Trump. That's been big. It's your fault somebody shot somebody. And AOC doubling down on the VA again. You know, I just want to make sure you understood the seventh vet committed suicide. Seventh. In a VA parking lot or facility. So, yeah, that, that service is great, AOC. Our military corner day, Bill Maher says we should cut the budget by 50% and fuck those vets. So, you know, it, it hates, it's, it's, it's the hubris of the left. They don't know anything about the military, specifically AOC, but they sure spout a lot of shit about it. It's really odd. But as I've said for pretty much two years now, TDS is driving this violence. They hate other Americans, they hate Jews, because let's be honest, under the Obama administration, Israel was a third-class country, because he didn't like them. He was a Palestinian-loving dude, because he was a Muslim sympathizer. I mean, that's just what he was. And Trump's not that way. So I thought before we go into specific stuff, here's Paul Begala. This is all on CNN. And CNN running a piece that about the memes of Trump being a fucking idiot. Yeah, they're beeping things up. I'm going to play this because this is the drive. This is the motivation. This is the impetus to a lot of our hate that's going on. A network whose fucking ratings are cratering. Because only a small percentage of the country is afflicted with TDS. But you would never see this under a Democratic president. Paul, the idea of what I just said in the intro, I'm not talking about anybody else in the field. It's just me. How do you feel about that? Righteous or reckless? Very very smart, Chris. It, It won't last. You know, he'll have to engage his opponents at some point. But I think I am typical of many Democrats. I'm a lifelong Democrat. And I have no candidate yet in this field. First time in my life I've not had a candidate uh, that I've preferred in the primaries. I'm going to watch and see how they develop. But this is what I'm looking for. I'm a JFK Democrat. I will pay any price, bear any burden, support any friend, oppose any foe to ensure the defeat of Donald J. Trump. You can be for Medicare for all or not. You can, you can shoot my dog. And if I think you can beat Trump, I'm going to be for you. Hmm. Well, that's uh, very mainstream of you. So, Anna, look, <laughs> we, I, we all know how you feel about this president. However... You represent a strain of compassionate conservative that 
Joe Biden is hoping will listen to his message. Does he? It's not what you usually hear at a hearing. Trump is a f-ing idiot. Senate Judiciary Chair Lindsey Graham dropped the F-bomb while quoting an FBI agent's text to his then-girlfriend. Graham was trying to demonstrate the agent's bias. Sorry to the kids out there. Sorry to the networks covering the hearing live. About 90 minutes ago, I had a little bit of language slip by us, and for that, we apologize to our viewers down the line. Uh, We can thank Senator Lindsey Graham for his candid response there. But the people most thankful for the F-bomb were Trump critics. Nice of Lindsey Graham to have created Trump is a bleeping idiot memes for years to come. Trump is a Trump is a Cue the remixes. Trump is a idiot. Trump, Trump, Trump. My new ringtone is Lindsey Graham saying Trump is a bleeping idiot, though definitely not safe for work. I just accidentally played this in the office and everyone around me laughed. Get yourself some of that joy. But you know who said the very same thing about candidate Donald Trump? And he wasn't quoting anyone in his very own words. Well, I think Donald Trump's pretty much an idiot on policy, and he's a complete idiot when it comes to Mideast policy. And guess who then-candidate Trump called an idiot? And then I watched this idiot Lindsey Graham on television today, and he calls me a jackass. He's a jackass. He's becoming a jackass. But that was almost four years ago. Idiots and jackasses are now golfing partners and allies. It's not just CNN. Natalie Weiner seemed super proud of herself as she yelled at a complete straight stranger at a jazz concert. Yes, this person's from Sports SB Nation Sports reporter. Natalie Weiner just yelled at a prick with the audacity to wear a fucking Make America Great hat in the middle of a jazz festival. I don't understand how people could be so hateful. I really don't. He was wa- walking to see Irma Thompson or Thomas, and he doesn't deserve within 10-mile radius of Irma Thomas. The hate on some people, she says. You're the one yelling at a complete stranger for wearing a fucking hat. You're the person that believes that people who do not vote like you aren't authorized to listen to jazz. Really? TCC Grouchy, that's the handle. Everybody say hi to Natalie. Natalie thinks it's cool to accost people who happen to have the nerve to think different from her, then to LARP about it at social media. This is what we call attention whoring in the Twitterverse. So in summation, don't be Natalie. Yeah. But this is this is what's happened. We have Keith Oberman, right? One of his diatribes. It changes everything. No, it changes nothing. The facts are the building blocks of resistance. He's still elected by a minority vote. He's still holding only for the job. We, we read all this on the show. We have Jamel Hill. Donald Trump's a white supremacist. The height of white privilege is being able to ignore white supremacy. Trump is the most ignorant, offensive president of my lifetime. He is unqualified and unfit to be president. He's not the leader. Jim Brady, the ESPN public editor, admitted... One notion that virtually everyone I spoke to at ESPN dismisses that some have perceived an unequal treatment of conservatives, treatment, treatment of conservatives, 
who make controversial statements versus liberals who do the same. ESPN is far from immune from political fever that has affected so much of the country over the past year. Internally, there's a feed, feeling among many staffers, both liberal and conservative, that the company's perceived move leftward has had a stifling effect on discourse inside the company and has affected its public-facing product. Consumers have sensed the same leftward movement alienating some. For most of its history, ESPN was viewed relatively apolitical. Its core focus was and remains today, of course, sports. Although the nature of sports meant meant an occasional detour into politics and culture was inevitable, there wasn't much chatter about an overall perceived political bias. If there was any tension internally, it didn't manifest, manifest itself publicly, but it clearly has now. That's why ESPN's getting dropped by millions of people. You, you jumped the shark. You hired Keith Operman back. You're a libtard. That's what you are, a libtard network. The only time I watch ESPN is Golik and Wingo during football season. ESPN has gotten so liberal with their 30 for 30 and America sucks and white people are the devil bullshit that I literally changed my DirecTV package to get the NFL channel back. And, you know, DirecTV just sucks ass since AT&T bought them. And they changed all their packages, and I lost the NFL package. Or the NFL network. So I, I didn't really care, but when the draft came, I did care, because I don't want to watch ESPN. So I'm paying an additional $17 a month to get this fucking channel. And a few other channels. I think it was 17 channels they took away from us. I, I don't understand, but whatevs. AT&T sucks. Casey Dillon brings us to our next violence thread. My heart goes out to the victims of San Diego who must do more to defeat hatred. Four days ago, a man threatened to rape me, kill me, and make me a sex slave. He threatened to kill Jared Kushner, President Trump, and blow up synagogues. He used his real name and face. All of the posts were made on his social media and in my email. He takes many photos with weapons, including firearms. I filed a report with the LAPD, and they told me they would follow up. They still haven't. I fled my apartment, got a security guard for public speaking events, and am continuously checking my email for more threats. These threats need to be taken seriously. We must prevent more attacks. I have been silent on this to do to not draw more attention, but I really don't know what else to do. I was scared, but now I'm angry. I want to just think he's a crazy person on the internet who will never do anything, but with all the re- recent attacks, I'm not so sure. A lot of you keep asking for me to share his name. I'm not going to do it. He clearly wants his name out there. Also, he hasn't stopped contacting me or making threats. This is still ongoing. Casey then pointed out that she's only going public to point out the pattern that quite often these killers are pointed out to law enforcement before they act and they do nothing. Oh, that's just a one-off, Tony. Conservative host Ben Shapiro, target of death threats. FBI makes arrest. Law enforcement sources tell us Shapiro was frequently appearing on cable news shows as a usually popular podcast. Filed a police report with the LAPD. We're told the threats were not just against Shapiro, but his family. He's married with one daughter. The department got in touch with the FBI and created a joint task force to hunt down the culprit, and he was arrested. Washington State. Ha-ha. <laughs> Is that surprising? No. No, no, it's not surprising. But you you start with CNN. Everybody who voted for him is a piece of shit. 
And then you have this little gem from Colbert singling out a lady just because she represents the NRA, which is an organization that me and my wife, who are not white supremacists, we're not Trump people, we're part of the NRA, but this is okay for late night comedy. The National Rifle Association is under investigation by New York State's Attorney General following questions over the organization's finances, including its tax-exempt status. And now a message from the NRA. The liberal media wants you to believe that the NRA doesn't deserve its nonprofit status just because we make a profit. But here's the thing. If you take away our tax-exempt status... How would we continue our great charity work? Like Guns on Wheels, where we provide guns for hungry old people. Tanks for Kids. 1-877-TANKS-FOR-KIDS. T-A-N-K-S for kids. And of course, our newest charity initiative. Arming stray cats who live on the mean streets. Isn't that right, Cinnamon? Now run along. You're safe now. Oh, God! Oh, oh my God! Who gave the guy a gun? The late night host made a joke about a member of the Planned Parenthood, which is most of Hollywood. Would that fly? Hmm. FBI investigating Antifa for plying to stage an armed rebellion with guns purchased from Mexican cartels. Yeah. San Diego Tribune, Tribune received unclassified FBI report from source wishing to remain anonymous. Paper confirmed the investigation is ongoing with two additional law enforcement sources. The investigation stems from a December 2018 scheme by the cartel to sell weapons to activists. The man at the center of the investigation is Ivan Riebling, described in the report as Mexico-based cartel associate known as Cobra Commander. The report claims that activists sought to stage an armed rebellion at the border. That's not going to come back on the left, huh? So, while this is happening, we have Cuomo Part 2. Yeah, he doubled down. Antifa, good dudes. But whether you want to talk about Antifa or Black Lives Matter or any of the groups that assembled that day to fight against neo-Nazis, you make a moral equivalent between those two actions, you're making a mistake in America. The president did it that day. And you know it was a mistake. I don't know why you don't own that. No. Chris, you and I have talked about this before. I do not make any differentiation between neo-Nazis and Antifa. Just because they claim in their name that they are anti-fascist, their tactics are, in fact, totally fascist. One of the groups was created to kill people they don't like. The other group, and and Black Lives Matter, has hangers-on and aberrant actors within their ranks. But the groups were not created to destroy parts of humanity. It's not aberrant within Antifa. They they put on masks and helmets, and they show up with clubs to damage property and to hurt people. They are in the group. They are America's brown shirts, and there is no difference between Antifa and those neo-Nazis. You're trying to tell me that Antifa, okay, that Antifa, simply because they're leftist, violent leftists, that they are somehow morally superior to violent far-rightists. And I'm saying both of those fringe elements are equally reprehensible. Rob Astorino. Well, you I mean, cannot you know, say that Antifa was designed to kill the people that they don't like. It doesn't matter what they were designed for. It's what they're becoming. And they are becoming not just radical. They are becoming violent 
and they are going to kill people. And that has to be condemned just as harshly as any other hate group out there. So what that you tries think to a prevent group people. is becoming and may be someday. No, no. What you they are now is equal to no, Nazi. what they are, Chris. No, no, what no. They, they have taken over Portland. You know, when they had that incident, the police won't even respond because they've become so violent. Look, these are areas an, of concern that everyone has to be Nobody's disagreeing with the criminal activity. As soon as a protest becomes a riot, you're criminals, and you should be treated that way. That's the law. That's simple. Yeah. And these All thugs, I'm going to say is these this. thugs have pipes, they you have You will look at Black Lives Matter. People. I've been with those people in the streets. You can talk about Antifa. I've watched them in the streets protesting in different situations, okay? There are certainly aspects of them that are true to a cause. That is a good cause. They want social justice. They want whatever they want in that context. You tell Not me Antifa. when that has Antifa ever is happened. You tell me when that has ever happened with neo-Nazis. What I'm saying is this. You don't draw a moral equivalence between neo-Nazis and the people there to fight against. Well, I don't think those little tiki torch carriers are getting their tiki torches for fucking Mexico there, Cuomo. I mean, they're shitbags, but goddamn. Do you think they're good dudes? Are you serious? Andy Nago. Here's your moral equivalence, Cuomo. Portland's May Day was celebration of Marxism. This is Portland, Oregon. Socialism and communism is called for violence against border enforcement and even destruction in the U.S. I will upload footage that I recorded in chronological order. Anifa, a protester, asked me to help in spelling white privilege outside the IceGov street blockade. At today's May Day, Antifa street protest against ICE, my camera equipment was sprayed with silly string. Luckily, the Oregonian's Beth Nakamura stepped in to stop him. Later, I was punched in the abdomen abdomen by mass man. Portland police said they wouldn't help because they would escalate. Was assaulted outside the Cider Riot on 807 Northeast Couch by masked Antifa thugs. Was sprayed in the face, point blank, with pepper spray outside the Cider Riot. Where Antifa and a mask, they cheered as I was blinded. Before that, they threatened me and brought up my mother's name. A woman helped me cross the street. Please help me identify this person. Just call Portland police. They say they're too busy dealing with the riot to send someone to take a report for me. This is while the Portland police sends out tweets saying the day was peaceful with no arrest. Please help me identify this mass Antifa woman who assaulted me outside the Cider Riot at 807 Northeast Couch Street on 1 May 2019 at approximately 7.40 p.m. Are you kidding me? Do you not arrest violent people so then you can claim that it was peaceful? There was a riot outside the Cider Riot. I was attacked point blank with pepper spray and student journalist from Oregon State had his camera smashed and destroyed. Where are you? Portland police. Portland May Day event concludes. Peaceful events. No arrests. Because remember, they got into the headquarters and told them they're all pieces of shit. They're the white suprem- the black lady's a white supremacist. Officers contacted both groups and no one self-identified as a victim or wanted to make a police report. Am I being trolled? I showered, but my skin still feels like it's on fire. This is so painful. I wonder if I have a chemical burn. And it sounded a little something like this. Yeah, Cuomo. There's no moral equivalence. They're both pieces of shit, you jackass. If Trump could get bashed for saying in inartful, there was some good people there on both sides, and those white supremacists are bad people, but Antifa's bad too.
How can Chris Cuomo get away with saying there's no moral equivalence between people who will beat other people up? I I don't know. Probably because they ignore these. Here's a string of mega attacks. Here's a moral equivalent. If I beat up a person, regardless of color, who was an Obama supporter, you would call me a racist. Right now in our country, anybody can beat up a Trump supporter. You don't even cover it. It doesn't even make the news. It's like, oh well, they had it coming. And then they defend Antifa. Really? Huh. Uh, let's move on to Omar. We'll just start with a soundbite. Is that they can't stand. They cannot stand that a refugee, a black woman, an immigrant, a Muslim shows up in Congress thinking she's equal to them. Uh, we know that uh, many of the people who are targeting um, the Jewish community for anti-Semitism are also targeting the Muslim community in, in, in Islamophobia. And so we have to collectively um, work together to uplift our voices and say no to hate. Uh, we know that both of our communities here in the United States are targeted by white supremacists. Uh, and we know that um, the, the, the conservatives uh, sort of um, are doing everything that they can uh, to distance themselves, to disinform the public um, about the monsters that they helped feed uh, that are now causing devastation um, in, in, in mosques and, and in synagogues. And if we are not uh, collectively wising up um, to, to that reality, uh, then we will um, uh, suffer the the pain of it. It's always how they spin out of it. No, it's not because you're black, immigrant, or Muslim. It's because you're an Islamist. Secondly, we know none of that. We know the left is pushing anti-Semitism. Way more public than white supremacists. New York Times writer hits paper despicable cartoon, blames his torrential criticism of Israel. In this article, he uh, journalist Howard Feynman thinks something stinks in Timesland. Something's a riot in New York Times. It publishes an op-ed claiming that Jesus wasn't Jewish, a streaker-like anti-Semitic cartoon. Buries the California synagogue shooting story on page 17 of the print paper during the day of Holocaust remembrance. Indeed, the cartoon does not make the paper's first foray into anti-Israeli tropes. Reporter Jonathan Weissman, responsible for an offensive chart that accompanied a Times article on Jews in U.S. Congress in 2015, labeling Democratic lawmakers against the Obama administration controversial nuclear deal with Iran as Jewish, are not 
The Jewish part was removed from the online version after outcry. After its first response flopped, the Times issued a somewhat stronger statement on Sunday saying it was deeply sorry for publishing the cartoon. But the stakes were raised on Monday when Times columnist Brett Stevens uses space to criticize his own paper, a despicable cartoon in the Times. As prejudices go, anti-Semitism can sometimes be hard to pin down, but on Thursday, the opinion pages of the New York Times International Edition provided a textbook illustration of it. Except the Times wasn't explaining anti-Semitism, it was purveying it. Stevens summarized historical criticism of the paper as hostile to Jews in Israel. For sometimes reader, as often former readers, the answer is clear. The Times has a long-standing Jewish problem dating back to World War II, when it mostly buried news about the Holocaust and continued to present day in the form of intensely advertisal, adversarial, sorry, coverage of Israel. The criticism goes double when it comes to the editorial pages, whose overall approach towards the Jewish state tends to range, with some notable exceptions, from tut-tutting disappointment to thunderous condemnation. The reason is that almost torrential criticism of Israel and the mainstreaming of anti-Zionism included by this paper, which has become so common that people have become desensitized to its inherent bigotry. Need more proof? Leftists in Seattle accuse Jews of weaponizing anti-Semitism to target black and Muslims. Now let's remember that the New York Times won't even cover black people beating up Hasidic Jews in New York because it is commonplace. They even admitted it. (laughs) Seattle-based KTH 770 AM radio host and Daily Wire contributor Jason Rance reports left-wing activists in Seattle are planning a transparently anti-Semitic event that the chairwoman of the Washington State Democratic Party nonetheless deems important. The Thursday night panel discussion is titled Intersectional Dialogue on Weaponizing Charges of Anti-Semitism and comes as progressive activists defend Omar. In its intersectional view that a Muslim woman of color, such as Omar, cannot be anti-Semitic because, after all, Jews are just rich, powerful white people to them, it is indeed an anti-Semitic argument. The event description on Facebook says they will ask, how are charges of anti-Semitism being weaponized to specifically target powerful black and Muslim leaders, forces Jews and Jewish allies into false dichotomies, diverts attention from the worldwide rise of white nationalism and state violence, and divide progressive movement building? Yeah. So now that's going to be a thing. It'll be taught on your college campuses. Yeah. Need more proof? Andrew Sewer, I'm an ethnic nationalist and religious fundamentalist who believes black people need to get off welfare. Homosexuality is an abomination and their women's proper role is to stay home and take care of children. Who am I? Justice Thomas. He tweeted, black conservatives like Malcolm X and Louis Farrakhan, the leader of the Nation of Islam, have at times allied themselves with black liberals, but in general they have upheld a core belief laid out by Garvey almost a century ago, a skepticism of white government as a meditating force in the Negro problem. Adam Sewer again, this is in no sense new for anyone who's actually engaged with this stuff. The Atlantic floating Farrakhan's alrighty. People responded with pictures of Obama and Holder with Farrakhan. Then the Washington Post just labeled Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan as a far right leader. 
Breaking. Facebook bans far-right leaders, including Louis Farrakhan, Alex Jones, and Milo Yiannopoulos, for being dangerous. The world goes, what the fuck are you smoking? Steve Guest, this is ridiculous from the Washington Post. Since when was Louis Farrakhan far-right? From the article, Facebook on Thursday has permanently banned several far-right figures and organizations, including Nation of Islam leader Louis Farrakhan, InfoWars host Alex Jones, Milo, and Laura Loomer for being dangerous, a sign that social network is more aggressively enforcing its hate speech policies under pressure from civil rights groups. Facebook has removed the accounts, fan pages, and group affiliated with these individuals after it reevaluated the content that they had posted previously or reexamined their activities outside of Facebook. The company said the removal also pertains at least one of the organizations run by these people, Jones Infowar. The world showed pictures of Obama, Holder, uh, Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, uh, Ed Reed against Trump dude. Yes, Farrakhan is practically a pariah to liberals. WAPO changes headline later. We have deleted this tweet because it incorrectly included Louis Farrakhan, who's espoused anti-Semitic views, in a list of far-right leaders. Facebook banned extremist figures, including Farrakhan, Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, for being dangerous. Twitter, what kind of editorial oversight would allow this? Me, the same kind that allows Jennifer Rubin to be called herself a conservative, a men Washington Post list of far-right leaders, Ho Chi Minh, Andrew Anderpoff, Pol Pot, Eric Honecker, Valmer Lennon. I mean, seriously! Seriously! Here's Maxine Waters warmly embracing Farrakhan this year! They're spinning. They're trying to protect the left so much that Farrakhan's now a righty. Are you fucking shitting me? And Reverend Wright's a righty, right? Also, because he's anti-Semitic. I mean, this is deep in the core of our media and the liberals. Anybody who has traditional views must be evil, so they must be conservatives, because that's how they see the world. So let's head into another Omar soundbite to get back to Omar. In February, Ilhan Omar questioned U.S. Special Envoy to Venezuela, Elliot Abrams, on Capitol Hill. We welcome you to Democracy Now! Congressmember Ilhan Omar, before we talk about the remarkable rally held for you in defense of you yesterday, um, just outside the Capitol next to the reflecting pool, if you can comment what's taking place right now in Venezuela, the U.S.-supported coup attempt against President Maduro. Uh, thank you, Amy, for, for having me. It's really great to join you all this morning. Um, I concur with what Professor Sachs was saying. You know, I mean, a lot of the policies uh, that we have put in place has kind of helped lead um, the devastation in Venezuela. And we've sort of set the stage um, for where we are arriving today. Uh, this. Um, particular bullying and the use of, of sanctions to 
um, eventually intervene and um, make regime change uh, really does not help the people of countries like Venezuela and it certainly does not help um, and it's not in the interest of the United States uh, and I think finally we have folks in uh, Congress that see what um, Professor Sachs was uh, referencing. Hmm. American-supported coup attempt. Attempt. Ronna McDaniel, Ileana Omar's response to Venezuela, a murderous dictator, refused to support global coalition backing Guado, backed the socialist regime, demonized U.S. aid. Now she's blaming America for the crisis. She should be removed from the Foreign Affairs Committee. Nikki Haley, the average Venezuelan adult has lost 24 pounds. Babies have no medicine. Families have to walk miles in the heat to get the only meal they may have that day, all because of corrupt Maduro regime. Your comments, Omar, are so far from the truth. Cuba and Russia support, uh, appreciate your support. Yeah. And while all this is going on, and she's supporting all this shit, the media is still defending her. Articles like this. Anti-Semitic attacks spike killing most Jews in a decade. They've rose 13% in 2018, recorded 400 cases worldwide. But the spike was most dramatic in Western Europe, where Jews have faced even greater danger and threats. In Germany, there have been a 70% increase in attacks on Jews. And our media and Omar keep pushing it, and nobody seems to care. Nobody cares this is happening. Nobody pins the tail on the donkey that they're doing it, and literally the donkey is doing it. They're trying to make Farrakhan or conservative now. He's been voting for the GO. He voted for Bush. <clears throat> then the other uprage that I can't find the soundbite because she lost her mind on it, Trump leans towards designating Muslim Brotherhood a terrorist organization, and we already know she has defended them. But there's no moral equivalence, right, Cuomo? She's a black Muslim woman, so she can do whatever she wants? Just like Antifa? Are you fucking serious? Jesus Christ. All right, we're going to take a music break. Start with Lisa Loeb. How? Don't judge me. I love this song. And then we'll come back into the rest of it. we got some abortion and some immigration.
Back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. It's why they call me Bad Company, but I can deny Bad Company till the day I die. Like we have an officer, a couple of officers on site. So that is uh, basically Alec Baldwin is saying a us just uh, us attacking the University of Texas San Antonio, yeah. Giddley okay. mocking. To show TDS is real thing. And we see Washington.
First Lady Melania Trump shared photos but Wednesday of recently renovated court? White House bowling alley. New York bank accuses children of inspiring real-world harassment. Erin Carmen, a former Washington Post contributor, fierce abortion supporter, First Lady Melania found a novel angle from which to attack the surprise hit pro-life movement. A hit anti-abortion film is inspiring real-world harassment. No, it isn't. And if it is, Carmen failed to present any evidence. Okay. The New York Magazine. The stupidity were a crime, Ed Krasenstein would be serving about 63 consecutive life sentences. Seriously. Ever the resistance grifter is actually this, legit obsessed about with Donald Trump and Alexander Ocasio-Cortez. Jelly thinks it's intelligent, but we never report worth sharing with the world. Then we have Science Alabama State Representative John Rogers back. Keep Some kids are unwanted. Can manage to so bring the kill the black them now. plague back. Kill them later. Bring them in the world unwanted the and love. You them, send them to no, electric it's jail. Not, it's liberal chair. Mass. So you can kill them now. Kill the them later. Institute, which champions freedom of expression, civil dialogue, and compelling journalism, is compiled a list of 515 sites that spread false and misleading information. Yeah, you guessed it. It's everybody. The DC Examiner, Washington Examiner, Twitchy. Everything conservative, the free beacon. So you kill them now. They're all on the list. Bring them in the world unwanted, unloved. Microsoft blacklists Minecraft creator for being politically incorrect. Yeah, Marcus Peterson, aka Notch, the original inventor of worldwide video game phenomenon Minecraft, has been memorialed by Microsoft for the game's history for being politically incorrect. Pearson created the original game in 2009 and sold the rights to Microsoft for $2.5 What does it say about Since progressives? Then, Microsoft appears to have done what does it say about his memory from the franchise. You know how the media covered it. We'll do it in a second. Last month, there was an update to the but game. But here's just some facts. Source estimate there are about 2 million couples name. currently waiting Microsoft to adopt in the United States, which means there's many as 36 families waiting for one child. Stockholm, Sweden, My wife sent me this. Celebrate the May 17th anniversary of the franchise. Yet, in the company's own words, the event intent to look back to the franchise past, present, exciting future of a decade-old franchise. 0.03%. With an interview physical with Variety Magazine, Microsoft said physical health comments and mother, opinions 1%. made him unfit to Fetal be held in celebration. His comments and opinions do not reflect those of Microsoft point John zero and are not percent. representative of Minecraft, even a Microsoft unnamed spokesperson. Elective. Some of those comments and opinions deemed unacceptable by the big tech liberals young were heterosexual pride day, economic okay 30, to be white, avoid adjusting to life, 16, single poor, 12, enough children different, for sex that is selection. Okay. We listen to individuals and help each other based on individual strengths and needs. Do not generalize based on skin color. So how the hill? Conservatives pounce on Alabama State Dems abortion comments. I guess that's a bad then National for Microsoft. Reviews Alexander DeSantis has started to chronicle the line with majority who's trying to rebrand the Democrats as moderate. Try and fool those who care that Hollywood has activists the set. Astonishing to me how often a group this of Democratic opponents are launching a sixty million dollar political group that plans to reclaim values laid in terms like freedom. Trump and Republicans are trying to paint Democrats as radical on abortion. Here's Wapow plans to send Democrats voted down the born alive. Survivors protection other Democratic which groups would require as well, granting efforts for communication and abortion that will debunk fake news. Politico, counter conservative media, anti-abortion bill as GOP tries to jam Dems and advise Democrats to Democrats defeated Born Alive Protection Act and how to message the voters. Politico again, problem. Republicans against abortion. 
It's a sign message. Here's more Politico in which Republicans are both pounding Jeez, and seizing after Democrats defeated a bill requiring... Then in our, are, you, are you sure? Trump-Pence lead Netflix show 13 Reasons Why may have encouraged issue. New York Times, to Democratic suicide. lawmakers in New York and Virginia pushed drama, bills to allow abortion after viability in the last three months of pregnancy. May have led to rise again. Suicide. According the Senate to rejected a bill making it a felony for a doctor to harm or neglect an infant who survives an attempted abortion. CNN Part of a Republican effort to squeeze Democrats. Teen suicide rates took up after Senate Democrats defeated the bill again, not only inexplicably putting attempted abortion in square quotes, but also noting the Republicans are trying to squeeze Democrats. Then in our Netflix is a lying sack of shit, so are the Obamas, but who would be surprised? Here are some of the things they're going to be doing on their show. Reporting on Democrat state representative in Alabama who said either we abort unwanted kids or send them to the electric chair. Sorry, it's a long article. I should have fucking... This it's got to be good to be a damn Hollywood media. It's just got to be good. American you can Factory. say any crazy shit you want, and you get away with it. Kill them fucking babies. We don't do it now. They'll be murdered. From participant media, considering the majority of babies killed by Planned Parenthood are black, Steve Bonia and Julie Reichner. Some say 40, 50 percent. Film takes a deep. What does he say about his own race? Industrial Ohio. Then we'd find racial implications. We not and General Motors plan hires 2,000 blue the dams, workers. Bloom. They're not only wrong on dramas almost everything. Upstairs, downstairs series set in the world of fashion. But they're wrong. Post-World War II New York. All the way. It depicts barriers faced this by women. This is going women. to be dead air. Frederick Douglass. It's a video. You need to know. No He's a guy during the Civil War and he hated white people. Side. Got it. Overlooked. The scripted anthology TV series is adapted from the New York Times ongoing obituary column of the same name, telling the stories of remarkable people whose death were not reported by the newspaper. Of course, they're only going to be reporting minority death, gay death, no white people. Fifth Risk, from Michael Lewis, the best-selling author of The Big Short and Moneyball, and based on the book The Fifth Risk, Undoing Democracy, I'm not reading anymore. Crip Camp, feature-length documentary film is produced... And supported by Sundance Institute and was acquired that is earlier well, 111 immigrants went underneath the fence. Just down the road from Woodstock in the early 70s, a parallel revolution blossomed in a ramshack summer camp for disabled right. teenagers. 11 of them As your to seven, come under a fence. I don't I will have be a watching video for Tweets of the day! Poll! Voters say Trump's Twitter use could cost him re-election. Flee into darkness. I agree. That's why I put his tweet today. Stay off goddamn Twitter. You got a real chance of winning. Kristen Gillibrand says give six hundred democracy dollars to every American in their tax returns so they can give them back to Democrats. In March, an eye-opening New York Times report elaborated on the humanitarian catastrophe involving. And then we have two sound bites. One is Ben Rose getting faced with the fact that they're coming after the Obama administration. The Times reported on America's southern border. It was our original tweet of the day because he is so awkward, and you can tell he's very defensive. And you can see the video; he's red as women around the world are speaking out against sexual monkeys. But then he got bombed. Migrant women on the border live in the shadow. The stories are many, and yet here's CNN having to talk about the latest poll where Trump's numbers on the economy smugglers impregnated by strangers well above Obama's shackled the beds like and trees and they're they straight in bound with duct tapes ropes or handcuffs 
I'm Nicholas Bowser here at Georgetown University. Documented where case. I caught up with Ben Rhodes, former Deputy National Security Advisor to President Obama. We discussed the, the Russian investigation and the final aspect of our border crisis and research report from a nonpartisan corporation human smuggling from Central American United Russia States. And the report ran researchers Do you think find, find that drug anything? trafficking centric no. transnational cartels no. control Look, primary the, smuggling the, the, corridors of the United States. We didn't know. Estimate that, that the total revenue from all types of smugglers, didn't, not just transnational, international, like from smuggling migrants from Guatemala, Mala, Honduras, and El Salvador, combined range from $200 million Those decisions were made in the Justice Department, in the FBI, not in the White there. House. They will find nothing that suggests the that there is any political new White House involvement in any of that. And it's the drug that I learned about the FBI investigation in Trump illegal voters. as a private citizen. Then we got more Twitter in our hate, or excuse like, me, so violence. Election interference, the, the Twitter this, bans political candidate accounts. We actually Latest case of big tech interfering with elections. Twitter recently banned at least two candidates from office. Tommy Robertson, legal name Stephen Zangley London, is both the former leader of the English Defense League and alumni of conservative Canadian news outlet Rebel Media. Legal reported Robertson will run for European Parliament, but they took down his site. Carl Benjamin, better known as Sargon Akhand, is also running for member of Parliament. They took his site down. 2017, like I, we've been involved like in commissioning the dossier. Then we find Twitter track journalists yeah. and their political um, affiliates. We, we learned about it when it was in Jack in Dorkey, the, Dorsey's in many the interviews was, in the past few um, months left the media wondering uh, where does he get the, his information. Was appended An interview to with podcaster Sam Harris, Dorsey dropped that he knew the yeah, journalists who lean left were less likely to follow right-leaning journalists than right-leaning journalists who were following left-leaning journalists. However, he did not mention where he got this information. Tech media psychist Motto was told well, by Twitter that Dorsey was signing a study done by MIT like, and Grafica, no, both nowhere in the study where the political affiliation of journalists mentioned. Like, literally, One of the researchers like, on MIT study that Dorsey supposedly cited confirmed you by seen it, did you Motto believe anything that, that the study had not examined the following relations between journalists and varying political appetites on Twitter. She could not recall any public academic study that had. Twitter I, later I announced that Dorsey's statement came from an internal like, like research effort done by our product like, engineering come, teams to help them better understand like, the concept of filter we bubble. Did not initiate this. So what it means like, is they are tracking. Like, we did not. Uh, the political you know this to be true. So I don't know why you're asking me these questions. I'm only asking you because the president's focusing on it and we're covering it, you know, in the media. And he keeps talking about how he's going to, you know, the president lies relentlessly every day. So that's why little journalists who are strong social justice lawyers, right? I mean, that if he focuses on payback for what he perceives as his enemies in the government and in the deep state. Then Ever. that is going to backfire possibly on him. Facebook gives employees fourteen hundred pages on so what can be banned. What do you think? I yeah. think people can read a report. The Telegraph is allowed to sit on a meeting of Facebook content moderators. This meeting was just one of many where Facebook employees and contractors essentially determined what could be censored and what should not be censored. Every two weeks, representatives from its policy research software design and content moderation teams meet to consider President proposed Trump's changes to the voluminous speech rules. In Telegraph's Lawrence Dodds on April 29th, the guidelines were originally written on a one-page in 2008, but in the past 10 years have rules on what can and cannot be banned, have grown to 1,400 pages. 
forever that since the Bible printed in standard font at 1,200 pages. Okay, None of these rules are available to the public. The book is for internal use only. 15,000 content moderators, some employed directly by Facebook, some outsourced from and other companies. So wedded Use these guidelines every day to determine what gets taken down versus what's allowed to stay. Kind of stupid, pointless what about The meetings known as the Content Standard Forum has been given many suggestions. The FBI Outside decided sources, to investigate Facebook this CEO Mark Zuckerberg, CEO Sheryl Sandberg, the, the, and controversies have all had a role in shaping uh, and, and guiding and the current rules. And the meetings have been chaired by Monica Bicker, Facebook head of global policy. Bicker has testified at House Judiciary Committee here. Apparently, working hard to ensure that it does not intervene in country's political debates. Seems that employees are pushing to remove this goal. One employee was described as expressing a concern that exemptions might be given politicians a perverse incentive to push the boundaries. Facebook has had multiple issues with censoring political content. The company took down an ad for President Trump's campaign in 2018 midterm, signing a defensive. Reverend so Franklin Graham was suspended for post about LGBTQ has been disproven by exhaustive work. So the whole yep. to me, it's the whole thing is a waste of time. There it is. But to, get, to be clear, like <laughs> and then our last violence. I, like, read the newspaper. <laughs> I, I have no unique insight. Kids behind bars on A and E. I learned about my wife loves these kind of shows, so we taped it. The last one for you, and Warren, Senator Warren. You know, brought up an interesting concept that this. The conduct of the president shown in the final Mueller report Liberals is a basis for impeachment. Are against what do you think? young kids being incarcerated? I, I mean, it is before the age of twenty-one because the I mean, frontal I, I, cortex is not fully developed. So this show is going back to kids that did heinous murders. I'm Nicholas Ballas, and the Supreme Court. Ruled that, that that wasn't constitutional, so they can retry all these cases. Fifty-six percent of Americans but approve how he's handling the economy. If you're saying these this kids, this is the highest number we've ever seen in CNN polling. Look aren't at this. mature enough before twenty-one to be held accountable for murder? In the entire why are you saying at sixteen they can vote? We've not seen. But then you say at twenty-one rating should be the age for all long rifles. James Carville made famous. It's the economy, stupid. We know that sensibility about the economy. Saying that they should be able to have pot and alcohol until they're 21. This is CNN Breaking The crime's still at 21. It's time to talk about our brave firefighters. Our media. Now, why I put it in the violence section is the concept within this is that they're going to release all these kids. And as the cops said, the one first one they had was a Alabama child. Democrats pitching an anti-Wall Street, anti-corporate message. They're hoping wins over lower and middle class Americans who see the economy as stacked against them. But that message may also be pushing Democratic business leaders off the fence and into the president's camp. They're basically terrified right now, broadly speaking, of Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, both because of what they see as really anti-Wall Street, anti-capitalist in some ways rhetoric. He quoted an investment professional who has voted Democrat his whole career. Terrorists. But suddenly he's saying, what matters They're more, so hungry my for social power values or my paycheck? That Why they get into are we a framing it like this? Why are they allowing like an Excel the far right to frame it this way that your only choice is ages. full socialist yeah, if you don't you vote with Trump? Do, are we, are they allowing someone else to create the narrative? They're allowing re- massive no Republican donors sense. to push this narrative that Democrats are going to tax the hell out of them and shock the system. And your average voter Especially out there, while they might not be a Democrat or Republican, are saying, well, I don't want to shock the system. Why are these Democrats? Democratic candidates not shutting it down 
completely. Kill again. The Mueller report finally being released was bad political news for the president of the United States. He dropped three, four points. And the morning consult poll to his lowest uh, position ever in that poll. Uh, This is going to be bad political news for the president as well, but don't take our word for it. Just know that the president of the United States is in a frantic tweet storm. He's already 30 this morning, hoping. Retweets, retweets, hoping, praying. That people will be distracted once again by this old tactic. We will not. Joe, uh, some people are texting me saying that uh, Trump is tweeting like crazy right now. Can you tell your friend that uh, we're not interested? Hey, Donald. Donald, Donald, we're not gonna. You could tweet nudes. Hey, we, Donald, we don't care. We used to we're be not looking. Not interested. I'm, I'm we're gonna stay focused. It turned out the way it did. I on this story, can't be friends with a, a guy that okay? seems to be an autocrat. Stop. But you can just stop. Stop tweeting. that. Go eat a ham sandwich. Work. Get some KFC in the morning. I've always found their variety pack. Like right before breakfast is fantastic. Eat your Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. Get a Big Mac. Get an Egg McMuffin. Something. McDonald's makes great pancakes. Do that. We're not going to pay attention to your tweets. And now back to a regularly Okay, that's rule. Don't let them call them socialists. In terms of Mojo losing on Trump. Rasmussen, voter see journalists as political activists, not source of information. Investigative journalist Cheryl Atkinson began the latest edition of her weekly. Syndicate show, full measure, with an in-depth report on the growing distrust of the media. The package focused heavily on the results of a poll conducted from full measure by pollster Scott Rasmussen, which had some devastating result for the media credibility. In summation, Rasmussen concluded that voters see journalists as political activists, not as source of information. I'm sure you saw Larissa McFarquhar in the New Yorker all about Kentucky and. Atkinson began the report by focusing on January as particularly bad month for media credibility. We don't citing a Seattle Fox affiliate airing a doctor video of Trump, how much you hate him. a Telegraph article and about First Lady Melania Trump that required seven corrections. Axon also mentioned the more well-known examples of BuzzFeed bombshell and Covington. After pointing out that it's been a bad few years for media credibility, Atkinson began discussing the result of the poll. A plurality of those surveyed, 42% saw national political news coverage as inaccurate and unreliable by only 26% thought, Political reporters carefully report facts. On the other hand, 57% of respondents thought that the political reporters used news stories to promote their own ideological agenda. In an on-screen interview with Atkinson, Rasmussen concluded that we had a world where people look at journalists like they look at Wikipedia. Gee, that's an interesting fact. I better check it myself. According to Rasmussen, this proves that the media has a huge credibility problem. The poll also found that 52% of respondents say the political news coverage is worse compared to five years ago. Nonetheless, Rasmussen stressed that the media have always had a credibility problem, adding that people were complaining about the bias of Cronkite in the 60s, specifically the Vietnam War. Yeah, that's true. And that's why we get this. CNN sucks. Primetime rating down 26% while Fox goes up. CNN's total audience of primetime was well under a million viewers, 766, 767, excuse me, thousand, while Fox News led all cable channels with 2.4 million, NBC had 1.6 million, April ranks as CNN's lowest rated month among total viewers since 2015. 
Among viewers 25 to 54, the demo most coveted by national advertisers, CNN was even more stark, down 41%. CNN drew 198,000 viewers. Fox had 500,000. Primetime cable shows, Fox Hannity led with a total audience of 3 million. Tucker Carlson, which they've been trying to get off the air forever, 2.8 million. Maddow, 2.6. And the primetime hours, CNN's top-rated hour, Cuomo, finished in 26th place. Only 917,000 viewers in April. Fox regularly scheduled evening lineup crushed CNN's five hours of town halls of Democrat presidential contenders in April 22nd, bringing the 2.3 million viewers and 380,000 people in the coveted age. CNN came in last in total viewers of 1.2 million and 371. News can beat sports. Both Tucker Carson tonight and Hannity have beaten the NBA playoffs ESPN on ESPN and Monday Night Raw. For Fox News, the latest rating show, it's been the most watched cable news network in prime time and total day for 208 consecutive months. That's 17 years and four months. The Hill did another article, and they had to bring it down. I mean, they just, everybody, the Ingram angle had 2.4 million, and she's a piece of shit. The Five had 2.4 million. CNN can't even get that. And you know why? Because it's shit like this. Seltzer. Newsroom staff for New York Times were alarmed and dismayed by the anti-Semitic cartoon in the International Edition and by the paper's initial response. No, they weren't. You're lying. Then, Hillary Clinton audiobook, a Mueller report, Comedy Central's Jordan Kepler convinced Hillary Clinton to read some of the report aloud. This was news on CNN. Here's an interesting one. Fund a audiobook of the Mueller report as read by Hillary Clinton. Oh, gosh, I would definitely contribute to that. Yeah? Mm, sure. It would take you a long time to record that. I think you'd need two weeks and oh. a couple of lozenges. Yeah, it, lots and lots of lozenges. Why am I crowdfunding audiobooks with the Clintons? For the last six months, for my new show, I've been on the front lines of American activism. I've seen people run for office, sink boats, and get arrested. And acting change is hard. But this week, we saw a real difference made from, of all things, the Internet. A GoFundMe soared to its goal of more than $1.8 million overnight. I wanted in on the crowdsourcing game, so I brought in some trusty advisors. You guys need to help me spend a 1000 of my own dollars mm -hmm. on worthwhile causes that are hopefully going to make for a better future. Let's try. All right, somebody's trying to raise money to take a law class to impeach Donald Trump. No, um, unless this person is already in the Congress. This is a guy who just wants to take a few law classes to attempt to impeach Donald Trump. Yeah, but he's not in a position to do that. we got to really digest what's in the Mueller report, because we know what the Attorney General said about it is not true. No. That he misrepresented it. But, he should uh, go to law school. Maybe we should send him to law school. We're a no on this guy who wants to take a no, law class to impeach I agree. Him. I okay, but we should start a Kickstarter to send William Barr. Back to law school for continuing legal education. Yeah, yeah, if somebody wanted to fund his continuing legal education, I would be for that. Somebody's trying to raise money for goats stuck on an island. This happens to livestock more than you would think. Is that right? Oh, yeah. They're goats. Uh, but they're, they're special hey, goats. They're special goats. But, I like goats. Yeah, yeah, but they're goats. 
They're not like cows. Yeah. Goat's milk. No, a lot no. of people who have milk allergies are okay with milk. goat milk. Yeah, yeah. You, you got to think of the long sure. term. I think almond milk's a far preferable milk. Almond so milk is not really milk. Neither is goat the, milk. Yes, it is. No, it's, it's not, not a not. living animal. It is milk. We need to focus. Okay, all right. I'm just saying. I have a personal connection to this one. This is called Freedom University, which is an underground university for undocumented students in Georgia who can't go to public colleges there. They have to meet secretly because of hate groups that are trying to flush them out, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And all they want to do is learn. I'm a big supporter of that. You should contribute. I agree with that. Did you know I got arrested standing up for these students? No, I didn't know that. That's true. What happened? The strip search thing is true, is what I found out. Oh, brother. I don't want to... I, yeah. Uh, What is that? Seamless, it's a great charity. You pick the food that you like, you give it $20, and it comes 40 minutes later. Oh. <laughs> if you'd like to donate to the, the world of falafel. Okay. <laughs> no. I love falafels. Yeah? Oh, absolutely. Travel sacks. The smallest electronic saxophone in the world. Oh, my goodness. I think you're going to get a yes from... We should invest in the arts. Yeah. Well, this is great. Absolutely. My oldest saxophone was built in 1861, 13 years after Adolf Sachs. <laughs> I don't have time for this story. It's simple. I'm raising money to hire Hillary Clinton to record an audiobook of the Mueller report. I have the Mueller report. All right, let me start it. I'll be, I'll be happy Let's to. Let's do it. Sure. The investigation established that the Russian government perceived it would benefit from a Trump presidency. A couple notes? Yeah. Like you mean it. The investigation established that feel the it. Russian government Secretary received. Clinton, feel it. Feel it. Just imagine like you have a history with this. Okay. The investigation established that the Russian government perceived it would benefit from a Trump presidency and worked to secure that outcome and that the campaign expected it would benefit electorally. The president slumped back in his chair and said, Oh, my God. This is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm I'd listen to that audiobook. Yeah. Okay. You've got some left. If you want to give it away, you should just give it to the ones that first you care about and second are unlikely to be funded by others. And this Freedom University may be one. And yeah. the fact that you fund it, if you do it at more than a token level, it may trigger other people to support mm -hmm. it. Inspired by what I heard today, I decided to create a fund to support the continuing education of the Attorney General. When the network said I couldn't, I figured, why not help those who will actually make something of their education? So if you go to www.nottheattorneygeneraleducationfund.com, you can donate to the students at Freedom University. Sp Sweet Jesus. They gin jerked off to Kessler and Wapo, jackass, with Trump's thousand lies and beating up on Barr. This is just a sample. This was their whole day. Are there certain claims that he repeats more than others? Uh, yes, we have a whole. Uh, <laughs> We we keep track of this. You know, there 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 are more than there are almost three hundred claims he's said three or more times. But there's some that he just loves to repeat. He keeps saying that he's building this big beautiful wall. He said that 160 times. He says he passed the biggest tax cut in U.S. history. I think that's about 140 times. Uh, he talks about how he's 
uh, you know, one of his favorite lines is that we've lost money on trade deficits. Mm -hmm. You don't lose money on trade deficits. Uh, and, you know, these, there's, you know, we have, we have another category called the bottomless Pinocchio, where if he's earned three or four, three or four Pinocchios and he's said it more than 20 times, it gets put on a list. And there are uh, uh, 21 or 22 of those at this point. Yeah, and that number has gone way up. There's a lot of Pinocchios running around without pants, the bottomless Pinocchios, uh, as I like to say. The publishing of the Mueller report or the release of the Mueller report has opened up a whole new phase as well, correct? Yes, because what he keeps saying is that the Mueller report found no obstruction. Uh, that's not true. Uh, the Mueller report outlined five to ten instances that uh, could be grounds for obstruction, uh, but it said that a president is a sitting president is not indicted for obstruction, so it, the Mueller left it to Congress. But to run around and say he had total exoneration, which he likes to say is not correct. Yeah, every time he speaks about the Mueller report, you can almost see the meter, your meter, going up. He can't help but talk <laughs> about it without saying things that aren't true. Very tough questions from the Democrats, very different kinds of questions from the Republicans. Clearly, uh, Jake, it was as if there were two separate hearings going on. We heard a, a whole line of questioning about the Mueller report from the Democrats. We heard very different kind of questions from the Republicans. Not just two separate hearings, two separate worlds uh, in which they live. I mean, you have the Democrats who are convinced uh, that the attorney general is covering up a whole bunch of things and uh, giving him no benefit of any doubt and thinking every decision he's made has been to protect President Trump uh, and giving example after example for, for their case on that. So, you know, to the point of defending the president, he has to go on even after all of this is done to be the attorney general on a whole host of issues that have nothing to do with the Russia investigation. I wonder how this impacts sort of his legacy. He's out there defending the president uh, in a pretty bold and, and vocal way on a number of issues today, um, saying he's been falsely accused. We should be happy, that, essentially, right. that he didn't find uh, any conspiracy with the Russians. But he also said we should stop using the justice system as a political pawn. But for me, the most important aspect of this was Senator Kamala Harris, who, by the way, no one seems to understand her when she stops. It's like they can't, they're all fuddled and they can't understand what's going on <laughs> when she starts speaking for some reason. But she noted the idea of, wait, you, you actually haven't read any of the underlying evidence involved here, right? And he kind of went through that conversation. No, I did not do so. I, I took it at its word. But not reading the evidence is so important because it speaks to the fact that perhaps, as Senator Hirono pointed out, somebody who writes a 19-page memo saying why there can never be obstruction. This is before he was before attorney general. Before he was yeah. attorney general. And then never reading the evidence to support those claims creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. What else was he going to conclude, not having read it and already made his... It comes down to Chris Platt. He summed it up. I think this was on Tucker. The media feeds the brainless lies. But we need someone to stand up for actual speech. Well, we really we, is under attack. Well, I mean, I can tell you, I, I do it on my show. You do it on your show. I mean it. Uh, and it's, it's, it really is under threat. I grew up in a, in a media household, a, a news household. Yeah. Uh, and I believed in the First Amendment. I believed in journalism. It's one of the reasons I had to leave CNN and journalism is because I really believe in facts. I believe in the truth. The truth, it's a crazy idea. And the lies that we're being tube-fed, the American people are being tube 
tube fed on a daily basis are truly an outrage. And these are the people that are tube feeding us the lion. You listed several of them. There, there are many more. You're right. Uh, Co Covington Catholic. CNN hilariously was given an honorary mention the other night at the correspondence dinner for their coverage of the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. I'm not making this up. They were given an honorary mention because they couldn't get one of the big awards. They were given an honorary mention. for, And the big award went to a Washington Post reporter for reporting the story. And they were talking about how brave he was to report the story that Dirk Durbin told him about, where President Trump used a bad word in a closed-door meeting with adults in a secure room in the White House. When, when Trump is gone, it'll be clear that there's nothing left of the media. That last statement is spot on. I don't know where they go after this. Well, I know they're going to go back to, oh, Democrats and supporting causes and pushing out, hey, we need to, uh, we need to get school lunches or whatever the fuck they always do. I mean, they do it every time a Democrat goes in office. We get education stories and things for whatever the dear leader wants. They go back to state run media. New York Times joins in, though. Climate Reporters admits paper categorically excludes deniers, which means opposing opinions. That's all it means. The funny thing is, during this week, Rachel Maddow came on to push Russia, Russia, Russia. And Aaron Mate is a contributor of the nation. While she was on air, he did this. If YouTube were to recommend your show, it would be recommended the leading purveyor of now-debunked Trump-Russia conspiracy theories, falsehoods, and innuendos of the last two years. Here's a sample. Just recently, you were caught in a real-time lying to your audience. You claimed Barr was handling the redactions by himself, but the Chiron on screen right below told viewers the truth that Mueller was, in fact, assisting with the redactions. There was a time in January 2017 when you speculated that Putin may have used a P-tape and other compromont to force Trump into withdrawing U.S. troops near Russia. How did that one turn out? By the way, just last week you falsely said that one thing I refused to let myself think about was that Putin had tapes of Trump. The very prospect you had previously floated to posit that Trump was being blackmailed with it. Who could forget the time this past winter when you seized on life-threatening cold temperatures to mock fear-monger the Russia, Russians could kill America by knocking out their heat? There was a time when you explored the scenario under which Putin gives orders to his puppet Trump at an upcoming meeting. Do you think Putin ordered Trump to stage a coup in Venezuela and try to kill the German-Russia gas pipeline? How about the time when you speculated signing the Steele dossier that Cohen billed Trump 50K for tech services to pay off Russian hackers? If you actually to pay a U.S. firm. How about when you suggest that Putin has gotten Trump to bleed out the FBI? If Mueller and the FBI found part of that... I missed the part of that reporting. But she brought Hillary on as a worthy person to talk about Trump-Russia. In terms of um, Barr's performance today and what we have learned, including from Mueller himself, about how Barr has handled the results of, in of Mueller's investigation thus far, would you call this a, an attempted cover-up? Would you say that Barr is handling Mueller's findings in a way that are that is uh, dishonest, that is inappropriate, that is something that ought to, uh, as many re Democrats said today, cause him to resign? Mm -hmm. That should potentially leave him open to the prospect of impeachment himself. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you assess Barr's uh, the severity of, of Barr's misbehavior here? Well, I think it is incredibly severe because. I think he is doing the job he was hired to do. 
Mm. He auditioned for the job with his 19-page uh, memo basically saying there's no such thing as obstruction of justice when it comes to a president. He was hired to make sure that was a reality. He has behaved in that way. I think that the Democrats on the committee did a good job uh, today in exposing that, that he is the president's defense lawyer. He is not the attorney general of the United States in the way that he has conducted himself. Now, calling for his resignation makes perfect sense because he's not discharging the duties of the office. He's not going to resign. And at this point, um, I think that we know what we need to know about him. Bob Mueller has made that abundantly clear, that he has not represented accurately the context, the nature, and the substance of the investigation. If we need any more proof, where is this one? NBC News article on butt legs slammed as glorified press release. At least 20 Democrats running for the presidency in next year's election, and the Mueller report failing to kick President Trump out of the White House. What can the liberal media do to fill the time? For NBC News, this is the opportunity to sing the praises of any Democrat candidate in the race, including South Bend's Pete Buttleg, and a post shortly criticized as worse than a glorified press release. In an article posted on Monday, political reporter Alice Seiswald, Alex Seiswald and Adam Endelman swooned over the mayor by chronicling this character as changing from a data geek to a leader with a heart. The reporters know that Buttleg's political career back in 2011. He was a young, dynamic leader with a young, dynamic team, operates differently, shaking up the presidential race unlike any other. But the same Dave Caleb Howell on the media website hammered the article, calling it worse than a glorified press release and noting it would be passe, even quaint to note that you won't see such fawning over any Republican, not now nor in the last 20 years from NBC News. There's not a campaign in the world that wouldn't pay good money for such a loving work of Hagography, House stated, but in 2019, you don't have to. If you're a Democrat, the right kind of Democrat, and that's gay. Yeah. So when they're not bashing Trump, and they're not fucking propping up every damn damn candidate they get their hands on, you got articles like this. Opinion. It's time to talk about white America. That was WAPO. They don't talk about anything. They talk about just random shit that they can't back it up. Yeah. It's fucking horrible. It's just a never-ending diatribe of the religion of progressivism. Be it abortion, white people are bad, anybody who doesn't vote for me is a white supremacist, anybody who thinks like me or doesn't think like me is a horrible human being. It's, It's almost... Criminal. Just fucking criminal. So that's our media section. We're going to do Allison Krauss now. And go into news. Social media nuggets.
welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. Were you trying to get crazy with this scene? Don't you know I'm local? Now it's time for news and social media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind. But they all seem to have, you know, I hate to say it because it's the thing around the Democrats, like the ta- a lot of taxing and spending. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Uh, now, I personally think we have a, a need in this country to completely realign how we spend money. Like, I would cut the military budget in half. I think we would still, you could cut that in half. And still have the most ridiculous rock-with-your-cock-out mass murder machine <laughs> in the history of the world. And that would free up, what, $400 billion or something like that. Uh, but short of that, uh, the only idea that Democrats seem to have is tax the rich. Um, now, of course, the rich do pay too little taxes, don't you think? Because well, we had this big tax cut, and we have the biggest deficit ever. I mean, here's a sports question that is a, well, everybody can answer this one because it's really about the whole country. Kate Smith. How many don't know who Kate Smith is? I don't blame you. I barely remember. When I was a kid, she was this old bag on TV. I, <laughs> I think I thought she was Ethel Merman. Do we have a picture? I, we probably Right. right. Okay. So I remember like, like a, Ed Sullivan. She'd be yeah. like, who, who's this corny old bag on this? We bring on Gary Puckett in the Union Gap. What is this? <laughs> you know, she, she, <laughs> nice reference. <laughs> in their Civil War uniforms. <laughs> At least it was the Union. But, you know, right. you never know back then. But, uh, you know, but Kate Smith, God bless America. Okay. Right. So it's her turn in the barrel because they found out that besides singing God Bless America, which they play at Yankee games, she sang a horrible racist song in the 30s. But they, I mean, they took, her, they took her statue down, which I don't care. Again, I don't give a shit about Kate Smith or if you sing the song, I'm going to get a hot dog because I don't even think they should be singing the song. They used to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game, right. and then after 9-11 we had to do that. Can we give that a rest? Okay. Bill Maher, cut the budget 50% and God Bless America. Fuck America, I'm Bill Maher. Hunter First Soldier killed a non-combat incident in Syria. This is the one we talked about before. Is PFC Michael A. Thomason, 28, of Lincoln Park, Michigan. With 11B assigned to 2nd Battalion, 327th Infantry Regiment, 1st Brigade. His deployment to Syria in support of Operation Inherent Resolve was his first deployment. Um, he got a Valorius. Or, sorry, he got a, an ARCOM with C for combat, which... I guess they must have started when I got out. Maybe it was there. Um, they still haven't said he was wounded in a non-combat situation, so maybe it was training. So, uh, God be with his family. Poor guy. Um, I was in the 4th of 327th in Alaska, so I actually have that crest on my wall. Hours after 7th vet suicide of VA officials repeat plea for public health. This was in Stokes VA Medical Center in Ohio. Unbelievable. 
But yeah, AOC, the VA is the way to go. Teen pays tribute to fallen Marines with prom dress design. A high school student is honoring 25 fallen Marines with her prom dress, which reportedly took her two years to make. Aubrey Hedden, who attends Rochelle Township High School in Rochelle, Illinois, designed the patriotic dress to resemble an American flag with streamers of red, white, and blue flow down the blue skirt. The matching blue halter top features embellishments, embellishments that look like stars. However, it's not the striking color scheme that has sparked attention. On the red and white ribbons are 25 names printed in white and black belonging to the members of the 3rd Battalion, 5th Marine, also known as 3-5 Dark Host, that was killed in action between September 2010th and 2011 in the Sangin District of Hellman Province. I wanted to wear this tribute dress to my senior prom so the memories of the guys who fell in Afghanistan for our right to live, how we do, and do what we do every day is carried on. I don't want them to fade into nothing. Heaton told Yahoo Lifestyle. Good on her. Vet who converted to Islam charged with plotting L.A. terror attack. They're not saying that in the media, are they? They're just saying vet. Yeah. That's why he did it. Army may redesign its fighting formations and look to the future. The U.S. Army's top official said Tuesday that the service is considering redesigning its formations to build new fighting units for the complex battlefield of the future. The Army multi-domain task force could be size of divisions rather than standard brigade combat team structure. Secretary of Army Mark Esper told an audience at Brookings Institute, part of these task force will likely be made up of intelligence, information, cyber, electronic warfare, and space battalions. Experimental units stood up about a year ago. These specialized battalions are designed to enable U.S. forces to disrupt, deny, and degrade enemy capabilities in combat areas. Um, Probably just going to jump up the slices. I don't think it will change the infantry. The Army's new promotion system could meet four separations. The Army is launching a new merit-based promotion system for enlisted personnel that will reward qualified soldiers with more rank, but also for subpar sergeants out of the service. Personnel officials hope to have the improved promotion system fully operational by 2021, according to a recent news release, which described how the service plans to post 90-day forecasts for all promotions from Human Resource Command. Intends to announce the names of the soldiers picked for promotion on the 15th of each month with an effective promotion date on the first day of the following month. Uh, they already had a quality management program, QMP. For, for sergeants, there wasn't a Passover. Like, you know, unlucky for me, I was a drill sergeant at six. Drill sergeant was bad. It took me six years to make it. So that's six looks before I made seven. Yeah, I probably would get the boot maybe in the new system. Raytheon directed energy weapons down drones and Air Force demonstration. Not a lot of information, not reading the article, but that's pretty cool. And aliens ahoy! Navy developed guidelines on reporting UFO sightings. Encounters then divided aircraft by pilots has once again prompted DOD officials to take action. More specifically, the Navy confirmed that the service is drafting guidelines to establish formal process for pilots and military personnel to report UFO sightings. There was a second one that looks just and sounds just like the one we played a couple months ago. And it was over the ocean and they tried to track down this this craft and they could not. So, not playing it, but uh, wow. The X-Files. I believe. To our college crazy with the video. 
Even college students called millionaire Bernie Sanders a hypocrite. I'm Kevin Phillips with Campus Reform. Today we're in the University of New Hampshire talking to students about recent revelations showing that Senator Bernie Sanders is a millionaire. Now, after years of ranting against the 1% and millionaires and billionaires, will students find it hypocritical that he himself is a millionaire? Let's talk to him and find out. Bernie Sanders is in first place right now in most polls of candidates who have announced. He says the problem with America is the ruling millionaire and billionaire class. Millionaires. Millionaires. Millionaires and billionaires. Millionaires and billionaires. Millionaires and billionaires. Millionaires and billionaires. Came out in his tax returns that he is, in fact, a millionaire. Are you surprised <laughs> to hear that? Not at all. Not really. Not and at all. Do you think it's hypocritical? I, I do. I think it is very hypocritical. I mean, I had no idea, but now that you say that, de definitely. I mean, um... Yeah, definitely. Well, do you have a ton of extra money that you could be shuffling out, but you're going to take it away from people who might actually need it? That definitely sounds hypocritical to be advocate, advocating for those type of things, but also be a millionaire. Like constantly preaching about, you know, that billionaires, millionaires being the problem, but, you know, he himself is one. So I can definitely sympathize with that um, view. Came out this week that he is a millionaire, actually, himself. His opponents oh, are... His, are you surprised by that? A little bit. Why? Doesn't seem like the type. I think that a lot of these candidates have a ton of money and love to take away money from the middle class and like to say, well, you should be paying more taxes and um, rather than putting the blame on themselves. Are you surprised by the fact that he's a millionaire? Not really. Why is that? I don't know. He's just like a classic career politician. I feel like obviously he's got to be a millionaire. Um, typically the ones in the top on the TV a lot tend to be you know, pretty wealthy, so. Do you think that's hypocritical? Uh, I believe so. I believe there's a misconception of the 1% in the United States. Everybody thinks the 1% necessarily is a very, you know, highfalutin majority of the population, but in reality, when you look at the top one, even 2% of the nation that he's considering talking about, it really comes down to some families that live in neighborhoods who are just, you know, higher, upper middle class when it comes down to it. The 1% isn't as isn't this small majority that we think it is in reality. There's a lot of social inequities created by the income gap. I mean, he's part of that. He's the 1%, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't personally agree with anything he's talking about, but I don't really see that his personal wealth be a hindrance to any of his policies. I'm Kevin Phillips with Campus Reform. Thanks so much for watching. If you want to donate to help us make more videos just like that, you can click right here. And if you want to be the first person to see all of our new content, click the subscribe button right here. Please, click one of them. Doesn't have to be both. One or the other. Okay. Thanks. And he is a hypocrite. Professor on free speech, shitlords, fire them, and hound them from restaurants. Oh, was that nice? Professor claims Sunday that vile little shitlords who belong to free speech-themed clubs on campus should lose their jobs and be chased out of restaurants. University of New Brunswick professor Matthew Sears made the assertion on Twitter in response to San Diego synagogue shooting Saturday. We should name every white supremacist, name every writer, blogger, YouTuber, and put a politician that inspires them, plaster their faces in public, fire them from their jobs, hound them from restaurants, expose them and those that fuel them for the hateful, pathetic wretches they are. Professor lumped campus free speech activists into this group in a subsequent tweet, and that includes every vile little shitlord in campus free speech club who spends his time platforming white supremacist trolls. 
under the banner of free speech and every grifter liar that goes out on about campus censorship and the marketplace of ideas. The problem with this for the Cuomos of the world, everybody you disagree with is a white supremacist. That's why you say Antifa is morally okay. It's reprehensible. You're morally wrong. Have you? Yeah, it's a moral decision in America. No, it's not. White supremacist, KKK, pieces of shit. BLM, pieces of shit. Israelites, black type 1H, pieces of shit. But everybody you disagree with isn't a fucking supremacist. Professor asks whether students should learn dead white man throw at whiteness of Walden events. See, look at them. You're the fucking racist, dude. In the quest to crush racism, you become a racist. Students at Amherst College of Massachusetts convene in April to ruminate over whether or not the teachings of one of the history's most influential environmentalists remain relevant. Given that he's dead white man, titled The Whiteness of Walden, Reading Thoreau with Attention to Race, the lecture was given by Middlebury, Middlebury College Environmentalist Study Professor Rebecca Keel Gold, who argued that if you got a hyphen name, you're a fucking douchebag. Sorry, I forgot that. Who argued that those seeking to advance their environmentalist movements must acknowledge the whiteness of Thoreau. The event description explains the U.S. environmental movement is often critiqued quite justifiably for its overwhelming whiteness. And it's you white people making the goddamn pollution, not the black people, because they don't have electricity. Isn't that racist to say that? I think so. But it doesn't stop there. Professor with history of anti-white comments now says, whiteness is terrorism. He's Don Lemon. Yeah. A Trinity College professor is in hot water after tweeting, whiteness is terrorism. Professor of Sociology Johnny Eric Williams, we've covered him before, followed that tweet with another saying, all self-inflicted white people, no exceptions, are invested in the in, in, invested in and collude with systemic white racism and white supremacy. Professor has since made this account private, but the tweets can be seen on the Hartford Current. William also called out former President and First Lady Barack Obama. According to Hartford Current, he said, I'm referring to the Turning Point USA leader Candace Owens, others are less brazen, but more insidious, dangerous white Negroes, like, and he spelled it knee, K-N-E-E, like Barry and Michelle and many other white Negroes, spelled the same way, you encourage daily. Everyone really questions, even liberals. Why is he still here, students asked. But we wish to not be identified because they'll fail them. Williams was placed on leave in 17 and Facebook that whites were inhuman assholes and suggested first responders to the congressional baseball shooting should have let them fucking die. He's a good dude. He's got tenure. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. You guys are fucking just so fucking predictable man <sighs> then we had some violence I didn't put it up front because just a smoke bomb I mean what's it's just a smoke bomb yeah I guess I just downplayed violence a smoke bomb disrupted a pro-life speaker event Monday night at University of Texas at Austin the school's young conservative at Texas chapter was hosting Radiance Foundation president Ryan Bomberg to give a presentation titled, Should Have Been Aborted. 
KTBC-TV in Austin reported Bomberg attempted to address the Radiance Foundation deemed a broken worldview that the worth of some humans outweighs the worth of others, according to Facebook post by the group. UT Austin police reported a criminal investigation that triggering what is called a smoke device outside Bomberg's lecture hall at 8.32 and announced that the building would be re-entered less than an hour later. Uh, let me see. We were hosting a speaker by the name of Ryan Ball, Young Conservative, Texas. The event was going normally, and then we heard a fire alarm and evacuated. As we were leaving, we saw smoke. Shortly after evacuating, the police informed us it was a smoke bomb. We went to a nearby lecture hall to complete the event. We could we persevered. Um, that, that's serious shit, folks. I had, a, I had a guy I served with. He was a good guy. Um, he got AIDS, though, because he had sex with hookers. So I guess some would say, why do you say he's a good guy? He's an army guy. Um, and he caught AIDS back in the 80s. Well, he went home someday, and his wife, rightly so, had cleared out his bank account and left with the kids because he got AIDS. And long story short, he got pissed at an ATM because he found out all his money was gone, and he threw a flashbang simulator basically just a hand grenade simulator it's it just goes boom i mean it can hurt you if you held it it's like a big m80 into the deposit slot on an atm dude got federal time that's a crime it's a federal crime fuck with an atm so yeah atf came on out and he was fucked her roommate gave differing accounts of her claims he was found responsible after administrators withheld evidence this is good sorry i just inhaled it piece of Copenhagen, so I'd have swallowed it before I started coughing. And yet another ruling against college and university over how it handles accusations of sexual assault, an appellate panel in California determined Westmont College failed to provide an accused student a fair hearing. The student referred to as John Doe in a lawsuit filed over the accusation was accused by a fellow student referred to in court documents as Jane Rowe. Jane gave varying accounts of night and questioned her friends and roommates made the shit up, blah, blah, blah. Associates Justice Martin Tangerman wrote the ruling, which with all three appellant judges agreed, the claim Westmont failed to follow its own policies. The panel did not hear testimony from critical witnesses, yet relied on these witnesses from prior statements to corroborate Jane's account or to impeach John's credibility. The panel withheld material evidence from John which its policies required to turn over. As a result, John was denied a meaningful opportunity to pose questions to Jane and other witnesses on material disputed facts. Jane was not the person who reported the alleged sexual assault. It was her mother. Jane then told investigators that she did not drink at the party where she claimed to have sexually assaulted. She said her roommates, identified only as MH and WH, were also at the party and were intoxicated. She claimed John was drinking and smoking Mary Jane. After smoking Mary Jane with John and his friends, Jane claimed he asked her to go for a walk with him while away from the party. John, according to Jane, abruptly kissed her and said he wanted to have sex with her, even though she told him to stop and that she didn't want to kiss him. She claimed John then shoved his hand down her pants, digitally penetrated her. What did he have, his phone? I'm joking. Digitally fingers. Sorry. It was a bad joke. I'm talking about date rape. That's horrible. I'm sorry. But it's not true. So let's be honest. This wasn't true. So I can make jokes about it. She then kept telling him to stop, but that he turned her around, pulled her pants, and 
got on her knees and raped her. To return to the party, threw out different doors, and John told her not to tell anybody. Jane told M.A. she had sex with John and felt bad because M.W. had previously hooked up with John. Continued to have feelings for him. Jane apparently stayed at the party for another hour for a home where M.H. and w, M.W. were waiting. M.W. was upset about Jane having sex with John. Jane then claimed she told John no, and then she didn't want to do it, and they just made the shit up. I know I've done this before on the show. Poor Matt in, or- Matt in Oregon who's listened to all my podcasts. Good little brother. I know sometimes probably painful. And all his crew out there, if you're listening, hey guys, thanks for your support. Um, you know, this happened when I was a drill. Girl was giving butt sex up, and then her mom found out, called it rape. Five guys globally got fucking investigated for butt rape. But it wasn't true. She, she wasn't getting raped. Mommy found out and did exactly like Jane Rowe did. No, I'm not trying to belittle or downplay date rape. I know what happens, and I know women get treated horrible in some situations, but just to unequivocally believe all women, except when it's about Democrats, it's gotten to us where we are right now. A lot of these cases, oh, it's bullshit. It's not true. Didn't happen. Made it up. I'm telling you, folks, it's bad juju. Then we got Sports Illustrated. This is one of those, back in the old podcast day, I'd be playing Motherfucker of the Day. I'd be cursing, losing my mind. What the fuck? That's all I can say. Vogue Magazine. Camellia, a 20, uh, King Lamia, whatever the fuck, weird-ass name. 21-year-old Somali-American beauty has just become the first model to wear a hijab and burkini for Sports Illustrated, in style, every modern media newspaper and TV just jerk, jerk the fuck off, or what do they say for William women jilled off to this fucking bullshit. But the people replying, a lot of them women, a lot of black women, a couple I went to their feed, they're not conservatives. Can she now be considered safe around Muslim men who may not be able to control their urges if more skin was shown? Another. If so, this may be a feminist solution to rape culture. She female submission is now a beautiful thing. So female submission is now a beautiful thing. This is the West attempting to normalize oppression. Exactly. The entire point of the job is modesty, so not sexualize, objectify women, but then she poses for a magazine that sexualizes and objectifies women. For fuck's sake. Another. This is like someone claiming to be a Christian, yet they never open the Bible, aren't active in church community, and wake up, make up their own rules. See Pete put, Puttleg. It doesn't work that way, I'm sorry. Jesus, J. Jehoshaphat, folks. I stop my Sports Illustrated because of politics, but if I, I, this would be the capper, man. If I hung on for a while longer, oh my God, get a grip. Avengers needs to get a grip. Endgame is not LGBT friendly enough. Fat shames Thor, SJW's claim. It's a fucking movie! It's not real life, you fucking moon bats! Article goes, Avenger Endgame may not, may not 
maybe about to set a world record for earnings on its opening weekend, but there are some Marvel fans who were left very unsatisfied for the epic conclusion of the multi-year Avengers saga. This was done last weekend, so that's why it's saying it did set the record. It was $1.3 billion. That's insane. Predictably, many of those fans are self-identified social justice warriors who are concerned that Avenger Endgame has too few gay people and that audience members may have found some fat jokes made at the expense of core Avenger 4 emotionally scarring. They talk to 4 bad. They say mean words. It hurt me. What the fuck? Avengers Endgame does not feature any gay characters, but it does have a gay character in it. A man. They threw that shit in for shits and giggles. Joe. I guess I should say spoiler alerts, but if you haven't seen it by now, you're not a real fan, so I'm not saying spoiler alerts. Who attends a support group hosted by Captain America, Steve Rogers, for survivors of supervillain Thanos snap, which rid the universe of half of life. The character usually mentions dating for the first time since losing his long-term partner and speaks frankly about his male date. It marks the first time an openly gay character appeared on screen in a Marvel movie or universe proper. The X-Men franchise has had some gay-friendly moments, and Marvel Television has some arguably gay characters. And the moment passed without much fanfare or complaint. There was certainly no audience protest, and in fact almost seemed like a, the character just blended in the background. That should be a win for the gay community, but social justice warriors were left disappointed that Joe was a more significant character, even though he was played by none other than Avenger Endgame co-director Joe Russo, and that more significant characters were more concerned with saving the world than finding somebody to buttfuck. It's a movie. The fact that he plays an unnamed character with a few lines almost feels like a slap in the face to people waiting 22 movies to see themselves represented on screen. Sure, we're glad to have confirmation that gay people exist in this universe, but it feels too little too late. Comic book com writer complained. Feminist geek site The Mary Sue called the Marvel director overly congratulatory for Marvel's attempt at representation. To top it off on Monday... We're going to uh, Brie Larson through her fucking fit. We'll just move to that fucking shit in a second. The Daily Dot explained that fat jokes made at Thor's expense suck and that Marvel should know better. Over the past few years, body diversity and fat acceptance have become mainstream topics in pop culture criticism. Marvel presumably wants Avengers Endgame to have a long shelf life, but this mean-spirited recurring fat joke is going to age very poorly. Very fast, Cosmopolitan claims. The fat jokes crossed the line. The jokes regressed Thor's character and minimalized his mental illness. Are you fucking shitting me? <clears throat> Here's what they said. The point they're trying to make here is Thor is plagued by PTSD and mental health issues. My own depression manifests in overeating and weight gain, so like it me... So like it me. And if they went on to focus on his recovery and helped him process his grief, this could have made an incredible moment in the MCU timeline. But instead of tackling this issue head on, his fellow team members repeatedly ridicule and belittle him for his appearance, specifically his weight. They were so relentless, I breathed a visceral sigh of relief when he was able to wield his hammer, half convinced his newfound psyche would mark him as unworthy in the eyes of power that be. Vanity Fair even contributed, calling the issue a controversy. The good news is that Thor is nothing but not resilient. And after a time travel trip, visited with his long-deceased mother, he recovered completely, fits into his costume, and wields his signature weapon well in time for the finale. Vanity Fair and Cosmo, 
You ain't got no full-figured women on your covers. What the fuck are you talking about? Have I said it's just a movie? I just want to make sure it's understood. It's a fucking movie! Then Brie Larson comes into the fucking fold and she runs her fucking cock trap. Let me see if I got the soundbite. Do I got the soundbite for this? I don't. In an interview with Variety, actress Brie Larson, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, or should be called Captain fucking Shut Your Fucking Dirty Mouth. Yeah, I know it's a movie, but she's a real person, so I fucking hate her. Expressed her dissatisfaction with Marvel Comic Universe for its paucity, paucity, well, that's a fancy world for saying, of LGBT superheroes saying, we gotta move faster. Larson was interviewed by Variety Mark Malkin for the first episode of Variety and iHeartMedia's new film podcast, The Big Ticket, when Malkin stated that we that when he was growing up, he never thought he'd see an LGBTQ superhero. Larson responded, that breaks my heart to hear that because there's no reason. I don't understand how you could think that certain type of person is allowed to be a superhero. So to me, it's like we gotta move faster, but I'm always wanting to move faster with this stuff. Larson works assiduously as a social justice warrior, as Daily Wire has reported when Larson was touting touring. She said she didn't want fucking white guys and dudes and all that other bullshit. On her personal shit, um, I'm going to have to move along. The Detroit man asking questions. The Hollywood Reporter. I never heard this one. THR in February, Larry spoke at her daily gym routine in which she reportedly deadlifts 225. There are days when the intensity of training reduced her to tears and days when she got irritated by men at Walsh, a Walsh, Walsh's West Hollywood gym who doubted her strength. This guy watched me lift something really heavy. Wow, I can't even lift that. As if he was an epitome of health. I said, yeah, I guess you're going to have to rethink your gender norms. After Captain Marvel was released, according to Out, some fans expressed their wish that Marvel's character Valkyrie and Captain Marvel would disclose a gay relationship. One wrote, Out wrote, in the weeks since Captain Marvel was released, fans have latched into Valkyrie who survived Thanos' snap and will return at Avengers Endgame and Carol Danvers as their new favorite queer Marvel ship. Thomas Thompson and Brie Larson have both enthusiastically supported the response. He was sharing fan art of Twitter showing the black superhero hugging her and going... Ooh, Beverly Love. This is so, we are so cute. <laughs> Actress Tessa Thompson, who played Valkyrie, told Los Angeles Time, it didn't even occur to me legitimately that it was necessarily a romantic thing. I don't even know what happens in the canon in terms of those characters or if they were intersect, but I just love the idea of more women Marvel characters getting to intersect. I just think it's so cool. It's not, now they take an intersectionality down to intersect. Thompson told Rolling Stone that one scene cut from Thor Ragnarok depicted a woman excitedly Valkyrie's bedroom, exiting, sorry, Valkyrie's bedroom, adding, it wasn't Marvel or Disney or anyone extracting that because it was an issue. It was just like that particular moment didn't make sense in the context of the scene. And there were other beautiful things when you get a sense of her backstory. Thompson said of the part that she played her as a woman that's queer. I played this comic book character. I, I played a fucking comic book as queer. What's my motivation? I like eating clam. I mean, come on, people. You know, if you want gay superheroes, go to Netflix and Amazon and Hulu. You can make a million of them and nobody will watch them. Because only 6.1% of America's gay. Gay. That's like making the movie I talked about when they did an interview with us. 
There's only 0.03% of America that fought in the wars. So, 0.00000000000001% of people fought in Operation Anaconda. Thus, they didn't do a movie. Did I get butt hurt? No! It's money! It's a goddamn business! If you want to gain it the fuck up, get with Netflix. As stated numerous times, my feed has more butt fucking than a porn website. Every day, two dudes groping each other on a picture that represents some fucking show that I have no interest in get shoved in my feed. For months, they shoved the gay shit. L-G-B-T-Q-E-I-E-I-O. I didn't watch gay shit, but they were shoving it in my feed. Until I figured out how to get it the fuck out. No, I'm not homophobe. I just didn't want it. I mean, I, what the fuck? It's confusing enough with all the shit they have. I'm just trying to find a goddamn show to kill time until I can watch a real show. That's Netflix. Boom. Da-dum. Whatever the sound is. Oh, more fucking LGBTQ shit. Transgender female weightlifter smashes multiple women world record in a single day and female Olympic medal winners cry foul. Real headline, dude dressed like a girl smashes girls weight r- women's world records in a single day because he couldn't compete as a male. Everybody goes, that's bullshit. That's the real headline. It's a bloody joke, powerlifter Mary Gregory, a biological male competing as a transgender female, announced Saturday on Instagram, setting four women's world records in one day at a raw powerlifting federation event. Master World Squat, Open World Bench Press, Master World Deadlift, and Master World Total. As a transgender lifter, I was unsure that what to expect going into the meet, and everyone, all the spotters, loaders, referees, and staff, meet director, all made me welcome and treated me as just another female lifter. Thank you, because they don't have a choice. You'll sue them, you cocksucker. That could be literal now. She's a female. Or guy that thinks he's a Whatever. But not everybody cheered for Gregory. However, a pair of Olympic medalists who have happened to be biological females, which means they're real females, not biological. They're really women. Decry Gregory's world record. First up, former swimmer Sharon Davies who won a silver medal for Great Britain in 1980 Summer Olympics, Davies, who's been outspoken against transgender female competing against biological or real females, tweeted that, why can't they just put real, real females, not biological? You guys have already proved you don't care about biology. Tweeted that Gregory was a male body with a male physiology and that a woman with female biology cannot compete. It's a pointless, unfair played field. Replying to Davies' tweet was Dame Kelly Holmes, won a pair of gold medals, the 800-meter and the 1,500-meter race for Great Britain at the Athens Olympics. Holmes noted that it's a bloody joke and all getting ready for biological women to boycott certain events. Have a trans category if need be. Even better, a trans game. However, or excuse me, otherwise, I'm starting to worry about the backlash and abuse the trans community will get from spectators. It will happen. They even had a video of this dude who literally looks more of a dude than me. Deadlifting. <clears throat> it's just fucking stupid that the Olympics are contemplating this. Just what the fuck? 
I can make my dick a canoe. I'm still a dude. You can chop my balls off. I'm still a dude. Still a dude. I think I'm a fucking astronaut, but really I'm a fat fuck who sits at the house. That, that, that's my life. Moving on. Tony nominated play on Constitution, White Men's Tool of Violence and Racism. Americans don't learn much about the American founding in school anymore or other institutions have stepped into the gap, including progressive Broadway. So we're getting rapping Hamilton, and now a play whose point is to convince us the Constitution is largely obsolete document in our brave new world leading to societal problems, particularly in putting women's bodies on the line. Thespian Heidi Schreck's Tony-nominated What's the Constitution Mean to Me? provides a skeptical look at the importance of the founding document, stating that currently this 231-year-old document shapes limits, protects, or even ruins the lives of people who have often very little access to the high-minded rhetoric of law schools and courtrooms. Shrek, whose play is a finalist for the 2019 Pulitzer Prize for Drama, which means Pulitzer Prize for Everything That's Progressive, discussed with Salon that many Americans' strict adherence to the Constitution as it was written doesn't provide necessary protections for women like explicit protections for abortion and bodily autonomy and protection from domestic violence. We have all sorts of laws. Shut the fuck up. She recalled being fascinated and enamored with the Constitution since the early age, but after dealing with her family's own history of sexual violence and seeing lawyers being unsuccessful at finding constitutional protection for women, Shrek began to question all the assumptions, and because she stopped viewing it that way, we should too. The Constitution, she said, holds us back, and through positioning itself as a neutral document, it actually perpetuates violence and racism and misogyny! Well, you fuckers love the Bill of Rights that you switch the 14th Amendment to be everything you believe in. Yeah. Eric Spencer gets us our next next one. Eric Spencer retweeted Anna Jane Joyner. Sense of urgency. If you really have to poop, you're a white supremacist. This isn't a class in a school. Characteristics of white supremacy. Protectionism. Sense of urgency. Defensiveness. Quality over quality. Worship of the written word, only one right way, paternalism, either or thinking, power hoarding, fear of open conflict, individualism, I'm the only one, progress is bigger, objectivity, and right to comfort. Those are all attributes of white supremacists. So he's right. Sometimes I run to the bathroom because I got a panic shit. That makes me a white supremacist. You fucking people. To our crazy news, Coachella attendees suffer massive herpes outbreak. That's not a fucking massive, that's not a, that's just fucking karma, dude. Go to Ireland, a bunch of randos and start sucking cock. This is what you get. Two people were diagnosed with HIV after getting vampire facials at a spa. No fucking shit. This is a real thing. Which made me do some research that scared me. It scared me. New Mexico Department of Health is urging anyone who received an injection at an Albuquerque spa to get tested after two people who had vampire facials were diagnosed with HIV. 
The agency is investigating after the HIV infections were detected in two clients of VIP spa who received vampire facials. A procedure in which a person's own blood is injected in their face as a way of refreshing their skin. What the fuck fuck? Why? The two people were found to have contracted the same virus strain, increasing the likelihood that the two cases resulted in procedures done at VIP spa and they were reusing needles. Yeah. Kathy Kunkel, the New Mexico Department of Health Cabinet Secretary, said in a statement that more than 100 clients received the injected service have been tested for HIV, Hep B, and Hep C. First and foremost, as stated, what the fuck makes you think you should do this? Supposedly one of the Kardashians did it in 2013 and everybody started doing it. But I can't see how shooting blood in your face makes any sense whatsoever. There was a picture with this. It literally was the most disgusting shit I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen people turn into pink mist by bombs. So I looked up the seven crazy facials that people do. <clears throat> Number one, sperm. According to beauty blogger Tracy Kiss, doing a daily 20-minute semen facial has cured her of her rosacea, a skin condition where the cheeks and nose get red and irritated. And while this may seem like the best internet prank ever, frat bros everywhere wish they thought of this first, Kiss assures you it's legit, adding that it tightens and brightens her skin. She personally uses a donation from a friend who eats an organic whole foods diet and brings it to her in a plastic cup. But she encourages women to work with what they got? So just go downtown. Go to a Walmart. Hey, spunk in a cup. Let me rub it on my face. Okay. I think people are concerned with the thought of putting semen on their face, but actually it's a very natural and healthy thing to do, she says in a YouTube video. I know there are no added chemicals. It's as natural and active as live as you could possibly get. The young me is saying to my wife, What's up? You worried about those wrinkles? Come on down, baby. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's lowbrow, but I had to do it. Snail mucus. Yeah, that's number two. Upscale salons in the UK and US are now offering snail facials to help you get smoother, brighter skin. To lying back on a table, the aesthetician, aesthetician, so I can never say the word, places three large snail on your face and they spoo all over you as they walk. Whoa. Number three. Bee venom, called natural Botox, facials using a blend of alpha hydroxy acid, collagen, and bee venom are said to reduce fine lines. Immediately after, I looked a little gray, but my skin appeared completely matte and smooth, as though I was wearing a fine powder, wrote one woman who tried it, adding that the facial wasn't particularly relaxing, but wasn't unpleasant either. The following day, my color had returned, and although my skin was definitely paler, it looked and felt smoother, and I felt more confident going barefaced. After a few days, I also noticed my skin was clearing up, and the fine lines of my forehead were no longer visible. So go stick your face in a beehive. Yeah! Sting me, bitch! Four, blood! We just talked about it. Five, stem cell from sheep placentas. What? What? 
Stem cells are one of the nature's most amazing miracles. The tiny cells are the beginning of all kinds of tissue and can grow in almost anything. Baby kittens, baby lambs, baby babies. All your favorite adorable annotations can credit their existence to stem cells. So it makes sense that medical science would use them to help generate or regenerate tissue. It makes slightly less sense to use them as a topical solution on your fucking face. Sheep placenta on your face. Let's go to a local farm. Hey, can I have the placenta? Just rub that shit in. Snake venom. It's number six. Use to paralyze prey so the viper can eat it. Proponents of the snake venom face will say it will do the same thing to your face. Paralyzing your muscles similar to Botox, but without the needles or fangs. So the venom is mixed into a lotion that is applied topically to your face as part of a regular facial. The venom gently stuns the skin, preventing further developmental lines and wrinkles, says one site. We suppose that's one way to get over your snake phobia also. And lastly but not least, I shit you fucking not, fire! Yeah, setting your face on fire. Placing an alcohol-soaked cloth over someone's face and lighting it on fire sounds like the premise of a horror movie, but according to Cosmopolitan, who says that Thor, a cartoon character, was fat-shamed, says that you should just do this and light your fucking face. It fights cold, makes you lose weight, and brightens dull skin, and scares the living shit out of you. Yeah, good shit. Once I got done with this, my wife told me about this crazy shit. Eight reasons you should not get a fish pedicure. Yeah. You put your feet in a bowl and they let koi fish eat your feet. <clears throat> it's been banned in U.S., Canada, and Europe because of the health risk. Here are the reasons why you shouldn't. Garufa fish, the animal most commonly used. Sorry, I thought it was koi. Don't want to eat your dead skin. They do it because they're so severely starved they'll try to eat human skin for sustenance. Number two, these fish are found mainly in Turkey, Syria, and Iraq, and Iran. That's a reason. Three, anyone with a credit card could buy the fish from an importer, and the animals are mailed to the recipient inside a water-filled bag. Some don't survive. Four, when pedicure tubs are full of fish that can't be sufficiently disaffected between customers, so you're getting everybody's else nasty shit plus fish shit and shit shit all over your shit. Five, fish are animals. Six, you want nice smooth skin, use an exfoliate. Seven fish pedicure tubs provide a fertile breeding ground for everything bad. And eight, the Gararufa fish themselves have been found to carry strains of Streplococci and Gagetiki. Yeah. And then it goes into a whole hug a tree thing. All right. Next story. Police detain a parrot for warning its owner about a drug raid. Yes, a parrot. This actually happened. And then in our karma category, because this is like big time karma, motorcyclist crashes while flipping off woman on a highway. Motorcyclist lost control and crashed after allegedly flipping off a driver on a Texas highway is in critical condition. A woman and her child went in a Chevy Suburban making a left turn Sunday night at the North Elthridge Parkway in Cyprus, just northwest of Houston, when the motorcyclist was revving his engine behind her, according to authorities. The man driving a black Harley-Davidson passed the woman on the right and made an obscene gesture. He then got in front of her vehicle and turned around and flipped her off again, but lost control and face-planted. After he gave her the finger a second time, he lost control, hit the curb, and struck his head. He was unconscious of the scene. As of this reporting, he is still in critical condition, and that's some fucking karma. Just Karma. <clears throat> you got a bike. Ride between them. Don't be a dick. 
And our last story, before we go into a lighter fare, which I actually did some lighter fare today. Yeah, got off my ass, found something. Who's a good boy? Wolves, not dogs, apparently. If you're looking for a word to describe your adorable pet pup, selfish might not be the top list. But a new study published Wednesday in the journal of PLOS One suggests Fido's reputation for being caring is all a ruse, at least if you're a fellow dog. A series of touchscreen experiments carried out by the Wolf Science Center in Vienna, Australia, found that wolves make for more selfless pack mates than dogs were raised into groups. The study authors say the findings suggest domestic dogs inherit their cooperative tendencies from their fierce wolf ancestors rather than through their contact with human beings. Competing hypothesis, researchers trained the animals to use their snouts to press a giving symbol on a screen that delivered food to an adjacent enclosure where a fellow animal may or may not be present. Over multiple trials, wolves opted to deliver food to members of their own pack knowing they would not get anything in return but lost interest if they were shown an unfamiliar wolf. Dogs, on the other hand, showed no particular inclination to feed other dogs when no personal payoff was involved. And I live it every day with my three husky hybrids. Every once in a while, they're dicks, but they do let everybody eat. That's a big deal. <clears throat> to the, the pups. So, we're going to go into a lighter fare. I'm going to play a sound bite to start it off. Which one do I want to play first? We're going to play Bad Lip Reading, Hillary Clinton. I know, a lot of Hillary Clinton today, but she was in the news, so I played it. So <clears throat> let's watch them mock her. Hillary Stories! I'm ready for breadsticks. A while back, Bill and I went to the store... And we bought some locusts. Uh, they were in a bag. And the girl who worked there tried to open the locust near Bill. And I heard Bill crying and figured out he's really scared of locusts, as you'd hope. And he cried and shivered and drooled all over the table. And then when he had moved forward, I did that prank where I scratched his vein open. And I remember he just bled so good. Now, he farted intermittently on the way home, but that was kind of his thing, so... So there I was, just this popular blonde, and there was a fork in my britches. Because I put it there, alright? Because um, I was always like, what if I couldn't find a fork? And everybody uh, that I knew, knew about it, and half the time they'd be staring at me. And I was like, this is great. And then eventually I just didn't put it in there anymore. Because, you know... It, I was told that when you get a spoon pocket, you are an amazing person. And a spoon actually is better to carry. <laughs> Last night I got on Tinder, and then I got a dork who looked like a grandpa. You know, with his old face. And it was like his head shot, so I wanted to be all like, Hey, grandpa, you look funny. <gasps> is your mother a Shanghai gremlin? Ah, this is too much, you see, because she's not one. But, I mean, it has to be said. That joke was much better in my head. <laughs> Back in the 70s, I got in a little scrape because I'd been... See, I was dancing. 
for the bucks. And all these Persian men offered me punch. And to me, I was like, what are you doing? You're crazy. They're so nice. And so off we go. So I get down there right at the border, and the Peruvian troops move in. And now I'm thinking, I guess this is the end, because, baby, we were in the war zone, and I mean, it's, it's not safe. And I mean, I began clawing the men who attacked me. And so then we made it to the watchman's house, and his name was Coloda. And all of us took a, a pill and got in this fountain. And what do you mean it's time for a show? And then literally it was like I owned a group of men who are now teeny-weeny. It's like it's as if they're kids and they're in the rainforest. And Kaloda, he asked me if I could project chicken feathers when there's lightning storms. <laughs> it's just the best jungle party. And when we got around to it, I danced for them. And then all their women just went across the country. And... We had a mask made out of Kaloda, which was, you know, because he died that night. So it was cool for us to wear him. Ah, kid, you smell like a Reuben. <laughs> That's some funny shit. Kind of sounds like her campaign, to be quite honest. Then we have this stuff. These are scientists. This is now scientific. These fucking people. Extinct animals on Twitter. The woolly mammoth was 3.4 meters tall at the shoulder and weighed 6 metric tons. It died out 10,000 years ago due to climate change and hunting by humans. What? Carl Gustav. If only they had AOC to warn the cavemen back then to convert to socialism, we'd still have the woolly mammoth. You guys. Laugh out loud, climate change, shake my head. They were just didn't tax mammoths enough or some other bullshit. There is no abs- there is, is absolutely no evidence that climate change had anything to do with this. It was a fucking meteor, dumbasses. They were overhunted by natives, period. The heat of the campfires caused it. Hunter, gatherer, SUVers did them in. Stupid cavemen just didn't have their SUVs and private jets, not to mention their inefficient glass and steel caves. <laughs> Woo! Thought that was funny. Then our American Patriots Almanac. I'm going to start putting this in the lighter fair, and I, I don't think I said his name is William Bennett. You can still get it, still in print. Fantastic book. And we'll go through the next three days. Today, 1765, the first U.S. medical school is established at College of Philadelphia. 1802, Washington, D.C. is incorporated as a city. 1921, West Virginia becomes the first state to impose a sales tax. 1923, Air Service Lieutenants Oakley Kelly and John McCready land at Corondo Beach, California, completing the first transcontinental nonstop flight in 26 hours. That's fucking scary. 1937, Margaret Mitchell wins a Pulitzer Prize for her novel Gone with the Wind. And in 1952, Lieutenant Colonel William Pershing Benedict and Lieutenant Colonel Joseph Otis Fletcher pilot the first plane to land at the North Pole, an Air Force ski-wheeled C-47. So there was a lot of flight shit going on on this day. For tomorrow, the 4th, American History Parade, 1626, Dutch colonist Peter Minuit arrives in Manhattan. He later buys the island from Indians for $24 worth of goods. Well, that was a fucked up deal. 
Rhode Island declares in 1776 as freedom from England two months before the Declaration of Independence. 1942, the Battle of Coral Sea, the first naval clash fought solely by air power begins. 1959, Henry Mancini, Perry Como, and Eliphas Gerald are among the winners of the first Grammy Awards. 1961, the Freedom Riders leave Washington, D.C. to challenge segregation laws. And in 1970, National Guardsmen kill four Kent State University during the Vietnam War protests. Then on Sunday the 6th, 1749, George Washington receives a surveyor's license from the College of William and Mary. 1809, Mary Keyes of Connecticut becomes the first woman to receive a U.S. patent for a technique for weaving straw with silken thread. 1864, the Battle of the Wilderness begins in Spotsylvania County, Virginia. That's the first one. They fight there twice. Horrible stuff. Just horrible. 1925, John T. Scopes is arrested in Tennessee for teaching Darwin Theory of Evolution. <clears throat> I watched a show on that, and um, it seems it was all pushed up from outsiders, not actually people in Tennessee. 1961, al- astronaut Alan Shepard becomes the first American to travel into space during a 15-minute suborbital flight, and in 1988, The first Thursday in May is designated National Prayer Day. So, we're going to go into This is America. This is from London. And it's the most horrible thing I've seen today. Or for this podcast. And it's the last soundbite, so I'm actually doing what I said this was going to be. But my fear, and why I'm playing it, this will be America. Most Ricky Tick. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. It's time for the last soundbite. Like the media say when they are pushing fake liberal agenda stories. This is America in 2019. I got the strap. Come on, 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 come on,
Those are protesters in London stomping and burning an Israeli flag. We are doing it verbally in our country right now. The left is doing it. The media is doing it. The New York Times is doing it. Abject hate for a group because we are coddling a group that is more violent and kills more people on the planet daily than Israel would ever do. We are cloaking this hate and anti-Semitism by counter-assaulting that it's because people are Muslim, people are black, people are women, white supremacy, white supremacy, white supremacy. That's what we cover. Not protesters beating people up. Politicians saying anti-Semitic things. And in this case, people literally burning Israeli flags and stomping them. It's coming to America, as stated. The words are there. The deeds are happening in New York with attack on Jews. It happened in two synagogues. And in both cases, they had fucking hateful rhetoric of the right and the left. But we classified them as white supremacists. The rhetoric isn't coming out of the White House. It's not coming out of conservatives. It's coming out of Farrakhan's mouth, Omar's fat mouth, Tlaib's mouth, the New York Times, CNN. And the list goes on. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with family and friends and send comments about the track by emailing foppodcast at gmail.com. Fop podcast gmail.com get this show on soundcloud podcast attic tune radio google play itunes blueberry and stitcher remember to check out the facebook page at fop podcast and twitter page at fop tony reed our next podcast will be next uh tuesday we're going to go for the 7th of may year of our lord 2019 until then enjoy your family remember remember to disconnect from all your devices don't give the yeah yeahs Hopefully the weather will start wiping out the pollen of your people like me. I sound a little better today. Well, that's Flonase and Zyrtec at the same time. Take Flonase in the morning, Zyrtec at noon with my lunch. Boom. It's starting to make me be able to move and a dust mask. So that's helped me a lot. Make sure if you're in the market for anything Game of Thrones, uh, my wife is going to get a knee surgery. It'll be coming in June. My plan is to do a product for you podcast. I'll be next door being a nurse. Um, I wanted to get the complete series. We didn't own it. You know, we can stream it online, but, you know, eventually that's going to go away. And as I said, stated on a previous podcast, uh, DirecTV took all the, se- the seasons off, which I don't know why they would do that. It used to be on demand for HBO. Um, and I was searching for all of them, and you're looking at 200 250 bucks. Uh, Amazon selling all eight seasons, which means the eighth season, when it's released, will be a DVD, and they'll send you the package uh, for $250, which is quite a bit of money. I mean, I, I would say it's worth it, because I'm a Game of Thrones fanatic. Um, well, not a fanatic, but I, I really like the show. And I went to uh, eBay, brand new, rarely, barely used seven-box set, of all seven seasons up to this date, got it for $75. Uh, there are numerous people selling it on eBay. Some have it higher as a starting bid, but I want to bid for six days at $75, $10 shipping. I paid $85. Bucks. 
and I went to Amazon and paid thirty nine ninety nine for season eight Blu-ray DVD. Um, I got seven seasons on Blu-ray. Eight season will be shipped to me once it's released. I own it. So uh, just wanted to put that out there. That's a better way of getting it. I told my daughter, who was in the market and looking for it, uh, it's just so damn expensive. I mean, the cheapest you can get is about 250 bucks for the seven seasons, let alone uh, Amazon's price is 250 for everything when it comes out. So uh, that's a way to do it if you're looking to get it because we are three weeks away and it's over. Uh, then it'll probably raise in price. So give it a look there. As always, thanks for listening. Tune in Tuesday for another episode. And until then, take care. Thank you for listening to Flyover Politic Podcast. Please check out our Facebook page at FOP Podcast and Twitter account at FOP Tony Reed. Remember, it's a short ride. Make every day count.